Bearcat Bounce Podcast, back at it again. As always, it's a Monday. It's a uh, win Monday. It's a 54th career victory for Luke Fickle Monday. That is a record for the Cincinnati football program Monday. It is a beautiful final game down in Dallas against SMU at Gerald J. Ford Stadium. That's where the last one will be. Hopefully more to come at the other big field there in uh, Fort Worth area. So uh, without further ado, there's no better time to bring in three guys. We we mentioned three last week. I mentioned three again because my boy Ryan Royer is a part of the crew now. So without further ado, Aaron Smith, Chad Brendel, Ryan Royer. Gentlemen, how are we? Solid. Doing great. Happy to be here. Solid, doing great. Happy to be here. I'm, I'm, I'm doing good. I had a I had a Cincinnati staple for the first time today. Okay, continue. Camp Washington Chili. I've oh. never been to Camp Washington Chili before. Oh, it's good. It's um, it's a lot more meaty than the other Cincinnati chilies. Fair. What's your so ranking? Rank them. Uh, Dixie Chili is my number one, but a lot of that's because I grew up. Like on Dixie Chili, it was the, the Cincinnati Chili closest to my house. Right. And it was like in between my middle school, high school, and my house. So, you know, I actually got caught there one time skipping school for lunch <laughs> by the yeah. superintendent, the assistant superintendent, the dean, and then like the head of ed- the, the board of education. Oh, what were you eating when they caught you? Are you sucking. We were in line to order. We didn't even get to order. <laughs> Luckily, you loved your chili, huh? You'd... Luckily, the superintendent's son was with us. Oh, so <laughs> you're good. He told us you're to in the sneak, clear. sneak out the way, sneak back in the way you snuck out, and never speak of this again. <laughs> uh, so yeah, yeah. There you go. But it was good. Uh, Dixie's number one. Um, Skyline is number two, but Camp Washington's pretty close. It was. Gold Star Soup. It's, it's chili-flavored soup. So I, I, okay. I, I've only had Skyline and Gold Star, and the Gold Star was just not so even close. Yeah. It just didn't taste good. I, I got their version of a Cholito. It just was horrible. They put, like, Fritos Ooh. in it. Yeah, it Fritos. Yeah, it ain't it. It ain't it. But Camp Washington was really good. We did that uh, on the way into uh, Kelly checking into the hospital today. So for all the people asking, she's doing great. The uh, – the five days of chemo started today. We'll hopefully get her out Friday night or Saturday morning. Um, and then five days after that is when we're in the danger zone. So right now she's just bored sitting in the hospital for five days. Okay. Um, well, but she's doing great. Camp Washington chili. Yeah, I, I, uh, it's good. I'm not going to go too deep into this story. Just real fast. I had a uh, day after or, or after a victory, a few pops, a few beverages out and about. All of a sudden, I lose all my friends there in Cincinnati, and I just bounced around to different chili places, solo dolo, and, and tried a few out. Uh, and that's where the story ends. Um, I'm not even going to go further on it, but yeah, it was, I need it was, to hear the rest. It was rest. a fun time. It was a fun time. <laughs> it was a fun time. But Aaron, gentlemen, how are we? I'm good, man. Uh, just good weekend with the family, and uh, my mom and. Her husband celebrated their wedding as they got married earlier in the summer, and they waited for the reception. Um, so yeah, got a lot of family time in, and happy to be here, boys. 
some and some no, new, they're, new glasses. They're, they're not fake. I just generally wear contacts, and the contact was turning my eye red. So I was going to say, let, let the eye breathe. The, uh, the, no. the popular show on Netflix these days is that yeah, you know, that weird one. You're you're giving off that those vibes with those glasses. So. No, <laughs> my eyesight's terrible, terrible. A little dummy. <laughs> little dummy. Someone check his freezer right now. I know. I'm a little nervous. I'm gonna be honest. I, I I saw another thing on on Netflix or whatever where they they were taking like uh, 27 contact lenses lenses out of this lady's eye. <laughs> so gross, I man. That. I don't that was on that Netflix. Happened. It was somewhere YouTube, Netflix. I don't remember Twitter, where. Twitter, Twitter yeah. somewhere. Probably originated on like I saw it on Twitter and it took me to somewhere else. Could you imagine every day just like oh. Well, that thing I put in my eye yesterday probably just dissolved. It must have fallen somewhere. <laughs> I've got a way worse one. I'm not even going to bring this one up, but this you already worse just you just one. did. Yeah, I mean, you opened the door. You got to step through. Come on. <laughs> I got some way worse. I'm not going to say it though. I'll we'll leave it at that. We'll yeah, leave it at that. Well, moving I, on. You know what? <laughs> Something even way worse is if like your car has some really bad issues with it. You know. <laughs> That's that's why you can hit up our boy Danco Joe over at Danco Auto Care, Danco Transmission. That's right. Give Danco Joe a, a holler. Head over there. Shout out Mr. Aaron. Shout out Mr. Royer. Chatty B. Let him know. Hey, Bearcat Journal, BBP. Here I am. And you get $10 off your next oil change or 10% off your next fixing of your choice. So, guys, uh, speaking of uh, things that are I'm not going to say broken, but maybe just still need some fixing. You know, it, it's like they sent the car into uh, Danco Joe and and then drove it all the way down to Texas. And, and you know, there's still some issues left with it. So, you know, probably got to drive it back up and, and, and get it figured out before you go on another long road trip. That's right. 29, 27, blustery, interesting, strange, at times frustrating victory over the SMU Mustangs. Gentlemen, Chad and Aaron, you guys have already given some some you know first thoughts and initial reactions. I'm going to get yours after a couple of days pass. But Ryan, man, uh, as you're taking in the game, as you're taking in things after the game, and I'm going to touch on on Luke's you know victory a little bit later as well. But what were just kind of your your initial thoughts and feelings as they went up 17 and then let that lead evaporate? Went up 15, let that lead evaporate, and had to hold on and deny two-point conversion to uh, come out with the victory. It reminded me uh, a little bit of last year's team. Sometimes we get ahead and you kind of just, oh, we're going to coast right through, but it just shows that SMU is a, a solid team. They had some pride. They weren't just going to go down without a fight. Mm -hmm. And you can't, you got to capitalize. You got to capitalize in the red zone. I mean, I we could beat that drum. I know it's going to get beat a lot, this show. But, but hey, on the bright side, Special teams, the kicking game, that mm -hmm. was something. Man. That's what they brought Ryan Co there to do. We were waiting for it. Um, I was pleased to see that. The boy Burt got a big tackle. Hope, can't let that go unnoticed on the, on the block field. Goal. I was going to bring that up later, but you did right now. So yeah. How quickly after he got in the locker room did you get a text? Was Fick done talking yet before he texted? <laughs> so I – I, I could lie and say he immediately sent it to me, but I'm not going to do that to him. I asked him, I said, what happened? Because I was at um, – I didn't catch it because I was watching my brother's game at Brown, and right. there was like a text in a group chat like, Bryce Byrne 
39 on the tackle and I was like, oh, this is just one of these one of these girls just seeing the other number 39 get a tackle thinking it's Bryce or something. Right. And so I texted him. I was like, what happened? Just immediate response. Video, direct aim. Yeah, the video. <laughs> yeah. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Um, so it was Pretty good it was, tackle. Yeah, it was great. He played linebacker in in uh in high school. So he was a really good linebacker, but I think he saw like me and the other big intimidating linebackers that you see and was like, I don't know if I can live up to that. I gotta go kick or something. So he's a bit of a softy. But he kinda it, he kinda like lived up. Anybody the holder. Can I be the holder? <laughs> yeah, I mean, don't even get me started on roasting his holding, but we'll keep doing we'll that for another show. But yeah, basically. Bearcats, you know, like they can obviously play better. It's kind of, it felt like just an escape. Like we let's get out of there with the win. But right. I mean, if you look at it, let's say if you just take half of those red zone field goals, I mean, that's 12 points right. extra. You take away that terrible pass interference call on Hicks, that's another seven. And Gardner catches that touchdown pass. Yeah. And, well, one and if you two. just o- yeah. overall just play a little bit better, I mean, it's it's a three to four touchdown win. It's what it should have been. Just you know, a young team, you got to capitalize. Red zone once again. We'll keep saying it. Got to get better, especially next week. You're gonna have to score a lot of points, right? Because that's UCF. They want to go score, 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 high tempo, and well, we got it. They only scored fourteen Saturday night. <laughs> Yeah, but you know something about with the Bearcats rolling to the bounce house. There's going to be a little bit different. A that was bit a different pretty. Team. That was a pretty eye-opening game against ECU for them, though. Like, I, we'll get yeah. into it later, I guess. Right. But like, yeah. they did ECU's not. Good. They did not. Uh, ECU's okay. That was Holt Naylor has one game every year. That's the game of his life. He's, I'll just he, say this: it, it was US UCF this year. If you were to take ECU. Out of the five years I played them, you would have thought that they were, you know, a damn 20, top twenty-five team. Right, but maybe not. Maybe maybe not in the other uh, well, eleven games of the year. <laughs> in Greenville, they're really really good. At Nippers, not so yeah. much. But yeah, yeah. Well, the, I, you know what? And we'll talk about ECU later. But you know what? ECU kind of reminded me of was that Black Friday game last year, just in the first half where they kind of came out super aggressive defensively. And it kind of had that feel like, okay, this is going to be a bit of a dog fight. And then, you know, obviously, the Bearcats scored a few touchdowns and, and pushed the, the lead f- further enough away where it was a kind of a foregone conclusion it was going to be a win by the middle of the third quarter. But still kind of just that aggressive. They were – and they played all four quarters in that one. But, uh, yeah, no, I agree with your thoughts on this game as well. Um, yeah, Aaron, you were able to reflect a little bit more. You were able to – you you came on. You gave yourself what three points on your three keys to the game, and and just kept on you know pushing your lead against Chad on the uh, keys to the game uh, uh, victory bell. I guess we'll call it. Uh, but now that you've had a couple of days to digest it and, and take in whatever else you needed to, what what kind of are your over glaring thoughts on the SMU game? It was a sloppy win, uh, but winning is is hard, especially when you've put together this many conference wins in a row when you're leaving the conference and you're getting everyone's haymaker. It's uh, everyone's Super Bowl, if you will, against a team that just made the college football playoff. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's a ton of things this team can clean up. They were playing a little bit after the whistle, uh, a little 
more often than I like to see. Uh, but again, winning's hard. And whether it's a sloppy win, whether it's a clean win, come out of Dallas with the W and on to Orlando, really. Okay. Chad, anything that have re- has really piqued your mind since you're Nightcaps and pops. As a uh, as a prolific defensive back in high school, Ryan. <laughs> same here. Same here. No, I'm saying you were. As, oh, oh, I thought I, you were talking I'm, about, I'm about to ask your opinion. No, I didn't play football. I was. I wasn't tough enough for you that. Could have. Soft. We talked about that forty man. I know. I know. I was soft. I was also five foot one and 127 pounds <laughs> and ran my mouth a lot. Football was. I would have. They would have killed me. Especially as like a, a UFC man. fighter or something, but I but I'm not tough. <laughs> so um, not a lot of places for you to fit in than other than track. So you were good at that. It makes sense. Track track and baseball. Okay. As, I mean, I, you know, I want to I want a not whole city championship in baseball. I was there. We a go. Good baseball player. Um, but anyway, Arquan Bush on the uh, the interception. He jumped that route on the outside. Take me through that because normally when you see a guy jump around, he jumps inside and he had, when he broke, I thought he was going to go inside. What did, did you see anything there? Like why he went outside and, and, and how, because if that guy manages to catch that ball, he gone. Yeah. Um, I, the technique, I don't know. I've never seen it taught at practice. I've never uh, we'll seen see. that done before. But if there's a guy who's going to do it, it's going to be a guy like Arquan who's been there, who yeah. knows everything about what the offense is going to do, knows his job in and out, who's a veteran, who's a leader. And I trust his judgment. So it obviously worked. And you could just see, like, I there's no way that's ever been taught at practice. I can confirm that one for sure. There's no way. But, it looked wild. But, like, yeah. especially just for, you know, somebody that's seen – as much as I've seen, yeah. that's not a tech. I've never seen even anyone even like in practice. I've never seen anybody jump outside on a route like that. Just it shows worked, how. I mean, yeah, he's he's a great football player, great athlete. Arquan is a very very good. I'll just say secondary player because he can play all four, well all five. He can yeah. play all five. Um. So I, yeah, it just shows how how mentally on top of it is, how athletic he is. And I love seeing that. That's a guy who deserves every bit of that. I wonder if this was kind of also like a game where Arquan and the, the cornerbacks in particular kind of all gathered together and they're like, all right, this, this Rashi Rice guy, this guy is circled ashy. and starred. Ashy. <laughs> ashy, no, ashy, 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 ashy. We him. I, I know you did. <laughs> I know you did. Why is that? Uh, because Aaron called him uh, Rashi. <laughs> and I just, I just decided Rashi was uh, not Put the wrong, like wrong that. emphasis on the wrong syllable. Apparently, yeah. So I just went with Ashy. Like maybe you need some <laughs> lotion. I don't know. There you go. But yeah, it, it did seem like they were in his head the entire game, just constantly making him drop passes, hitting him. You know, even if he doesn't come up with a catch, they're coming in with a strong hit, a, a, a safe hit as well. And then three-year thing. Yeah, they've yeah, been yeah. in that kid's head for a long time. And I, he's going to play in the NFL. He's, you know, I mean, this is an SMU program that has pumped out some some NFL receivers. You know, go back to Emmanuel Sanders and got Courtney Sutton. And, you know, he's going to be another one in the long list of, of SMU wide receivers to, to make it to the next level. And the fact that 
the Bearcats are able to do what they did against him on Saturday is something that I don't think he's getting as much looks and, and publicity as it should because I I don't know he had he drew one pass interference call I believe I'm because I don't think the other one was against him when Hicks came up with the interception but I think the only one that he came up with was the the one in the end zone that deflected off him and fell into the waiting hands of the of their uh, tight end but I mean he's a guy that has had so much just success with Tanner Mordecai just over and over again either drawing pass interference calls or coming up with spectacular catches and he was just nowhere to be found sure it might have been the wind it could have been something else but in the end I think it's just the pressure and the uh, talent of the defense but I want to talk about obviously it's been it's been harped on a but bunch oh. I want to talk bit before I want Tanner Mordecai they did the same thing to him that guy yeah. he didn't look right from the first snap of the game like whatever you guys did to him over the past couple of years he don't want none when he sees the Bearcats, he's like, he knows oh, we're coming. He knows we're good. He knows we're bringing some heat. He, he's the, nervous. You've seen this. It looked like he was seeing ghosts. Like yeah. he was flinching and reacting to stuff like that wasn't happening in the pocket. He wasn't confident stepping into his throws. He was sailing the ball. Like, right. That's a really good quarterback that you could tell mentally he wasn't yeah. there. Well, just think about this. Think about how much we've gotten him in previous years. And then the film he's had to watch this year of us, right. he's like, they've been crazy all these times. And now they're even crazier. They're, they're rushing. There might not even be rushing more guys, but it feels like they're rushing eight the way right. guys are just beating double teams, getting off blocks. I mean, right. I think just like the pressure we're getting just at the, at the uh, line of scrimmage is just, it makes it so much easier for the backers to get right to them. Because normally, like, if normally the way like it has been going, not that we, not that we, uh, previous years we didn't get pressure, but just the like clean pressure we're getting from our backers, just from the way our uh, D line is just eating up blocks and just bulldozing anywhere from two a center and a guard or just tackles. It just, I mean, you saw it on Saturday too. The boys getting to him, and he's even when they're not, he's thinking they are. He's like, they're that damn good. They should be at me right now. I need to get this ball out. So, just shows you how how good the Bearcats defense really has been. Yeah, well, I, only uh, credited with three quarterback hurries. Yeah. Six well, sacks. six six sacks. So right, all over him. Nine nine. But so the thing about Tater Mordecai, I mentioned this. In the post game recap and on the preview as well, is that you know he's had 19 games as starting quarterback for SMU, and in 17 of those games he's thrown for 200 yards or more, and in like eight, what 15 of them he's thrown for 250 or more yards. Only two times, both against Cincinnati, did he throw for less than 200 yards. 105 on Saturday, sure he missed the fourth quarter, but who who knows what he would have been able to do the way that he was playing so far in that game. And then 66. Last year, I like I'm so blown away how Tanner Mordecai threw for only 66 yards last year at Cincinnati. I, you know, it, however good that defense was, it's it's crazy to see that number. And uh, I, I just had to bring it up again because I'm sure I'll probably never utter the the two words Tanner and Mordecai for the rest of my life, even though they're awesome to say. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I don't think I'm going to say them ever again. So that's just a phenomenal job by the defense to completely lock in. And like you guys are saying. Maybe there's this this little thing at the back of his head where he's like, "Oh gosh, this is Cincinnati again. They've been all over me." And uh, they're coming. Yeah, that, that's what a quarterback thinks, right? Like they're coming. 
I yeah. know as soon as I take this snap, they're coming. And I, the first sack of the game of the game for the Bearcats was Dante Corleone up the middle. And the when you great defensive player in the country, dude, he's <laughs> he's unbelievable. So crazy. It's just comical how like it like if you I wouldn't have believed that before the year. No knock on him, but I expected him to be really good, Ryan. Yeah, but, yeah, that Ryan, good. That's insane. <laughs> I didn't yeah. even like. I thought he'd be rotating a lot. He like is. That. He no, is. I meant like. I meant like, not like a staple guy. You know, like oh, right. like get get him in there to get a like get you the other he, guys. You thought he, he were, we both, Ryan, probably thought he would be the third nose behind Damo. Yeah, and then as camp started going on, it was like Jesus, he's just man. And this was when, um. Renfro was still healthy. He yeah. was taking Renfro and just ragdolling him, and we're like, "That's a what top the hell is happening?" Yeah, I just kind of want to line up at center and just take a rep, just try to experience it, it. Yeah, just what? <laughs> is, what is this? <laughs> what is this power? <laughs> Dude, well, well, it's it's funny because you get you know the first drive or the first two drives, you're gonna get beat beat up, bang 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 with Juwan Briggs, and and then you're gonna say, okay, the backup's out, good, I don't have to worry about that that massive human anymore but here's another massive human but he's younger and then all of a sudden bang you're getting pushed off even further and I, that's just a it's a luxury that i don't think a lot of teams have but i think also a big tip of the cap to to not only dante but to also brady collins i, I think a lot of what dante playing a bunch this year is he took it on himself during the offseason to get in great shape he, he wouldn't have been doing this at 350 right right he he cut a bunch of weight he's I, and i mean i not to get you know all sus. I know you guys like to say I'm sus, but pictures You're of him sus. with his shirt. You did, you've done it to yourself. All right, whatever. <laughs> pictures of him with his shirt off throughout the summer. You could see that he's really been putting a lot of work yeah. in, just you know, getting trimming and getting cut and getting his stamina up. And man, it's uh, it's tough for offensive lines when in the fourth quarter you've got Jawan Briggs and Dante Corleone rotating up right in the middle over and over and over again. And and Damo Damo's really good, right, Ryan? Yes, yes. Damo's like, really like, good. Damo is really good. And now he's like a third man on the totem pole, but you can never have too much beef, especially for a three-man front at nose tackle. Sus. Sus there. <laughs> I'm not even going to touch that one. <laughs> but, yeah. I, uh, go ahead. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, I remember. Um, I would love to see this year's Corleone – and versus Bama, what he what he'd be doing to that? Man. That would I would love to see that. Yeah, that, that matchup, and we could have used him too, stopping that yeah. run. Right. But hey, man, things happen for a reason. This is Dante's time. <laughs> it is. It is, and he's, he's stepping up, man. He is. I love it. He's such a great guy. Like he would just come over. Like we'd have so me and the boys at the at the Jefferson house. We would cook, and we'd always like get a lot of food and we like Dante come over like we're grilling out and like there would always be so many leftovers and Corleone would pull up and just house just he's like, <laughs> he's like when are you cooking again I'm like don't worry we'll let you know <laughs> yeah he was such awesome. a good dude like man. the, the garbage him. disposal <laughs> yeah yeah the human trash can you just go in there dump the scraps right on there he's got them <laughs> but, but I I mean the way that this deep, so think about it. Leading into the game, 
if, if you were told first off, Chad, and you mentioned this a couple times, 30 plus mile degree, mile per hour wins, you lose. Sustained 30, 30 mile per hour wins, not right. wind gusts of 30 miles an hour. Right. Sustained 30 miles an hour wins. You lose your, your senior defensive end in pretty much the first defensive series. I, I think it was yeah. the first defensive series. It was. You, you lose your leading receiver for the entire game, ruled out before the game. You, your second leading receiver, you look down at the stat, stat sheet, you see he only had, what, one catch and not nine really yards. much. Nine yards, not much else to go for it. And you know that you're playing Three against – four drops. Right. And, and you're playing against a team that lights up the scoreboard. I, I, I don't know. I, I think you would kind of look at that on the outside being like, okay, how did, how did this team pull it out? And yet again, you just see all the different phases. And I want to, I'm going to touch on the three phases right now. And that's special teams. You know, I, Luke harps on it all the time. It's three phases playing all together, this, that, and the other. And this was a game that the defense and then special teams really won. And you know, the fact that Ryan Coe goes out there, sets the school record by field goals. I mean, people were writing him off earlier in the year, obviously the, the, the tough game at Arkansas. And sure, you don't want to see those field goals, you know, happen because you want to get the ball into the end zone. But you look back at this game and I 29-27 without those field goals, I they they probably come out with a loss and, and it would be very sad to reminisce on that. But you know, the, the three phases of the game is just something that is really, really interesting to look at. And I think also Mason Fletcher has really put his name out there as as a Ray Guy Award type person and number not, two in the country in net punting right now. Yeah. It's unbelievable, right? And he's got to so, get to number one. He'll win it. Yeah. So tell me, tell me your let's let's get a favorite story about Fletch in your in, in your short time with with the rake. Uh, <laughs> I'll kick it right over his fucking head. <laughs> any story or just uh, just your favorite? Related? A your good favorite. a good Fletch. Don't story. get him in trouble, but <laughs> uh, he. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Let's say like him, like where were we? I think okay, yeah, it was we were we were it's it was spring break, uh Fort Lauderdale. And I don't remember where I was, but I'm we're like walking around somewhere and I just hear this like screaming, like help <laughs> like it's the loudest the loudest like scream of a man you can think and help help me and it was just fletcher like screaming that and like 20 minutes later we just get the snapchat of him screaming that just for no reason. And I thought it was the funniest. I think it's the funniest thing. I don't know if you guys will. That was just the first yeah. thing that came to mind. I like it. I like but it. He'll, he'll do this one thing we call uh, – he'll do this one thing that we kind of like started. It's called like checking on your – like getting checked, like check your boys. Yeah. And like at practice, you just like go up and just like lift the back of their shirt up. And like act like you're looking at their ass, <laughs> and like he would just get, he'll just go down the line to, to everybody and just like lift their shirts up and just like you're good, bud, you're good. <laughs> those are my those are my two favorite stories of him. I don't have I don't have a ton of like football related like because we would just like say like what's up, say a couple of jokes to each other, and right. that'd be it. I wouldn't pay much attention, but 
I so, love those stories. So the grail was really busy. Even like we got there like 11, 15, 11, 20. Mm-hmm. And everybody was getting there, getting their food orders in. So the food, you know, when the kitchen's getting all the orders at once, the food takes a little bit. And we got our food right before kickoff. Um, so we were eating. SMU has their first drive. UC has their first drive. And they're getting ready to punt from the, the 15, 16-yard line. I'm like, all right, I'm going hit to the, hit the head real quick. And as I'm walking back, the ball is bouncing out of the end zone. Yeah. And I'm like, what the hell just happened here? What? What? And it was still going, and it hit the goalpost. He punted it from the five. Yeah. When he kicked it, and it would have went into the tunnel. It, like, yes, the wind was a factor. It was right. aided. But but still, with the roll. He kicked that thing like 110 yards. <laughs> Officially, 84 yards. AAC record, school record, I believe, as well. School it's, record and yeah, at school the, record. At like five, at the time, it was the longest punt in the NCAA. Uh, this season, did someone beat it? Somebody went went ninety one. Oh gosh! Well, in the it was Akron or Toledo, somebody in the MAC they went ninety one, like five minutes later. Um, huh. But eighty four yards. Yeah. <laughs> eighty four yards. Yeah, he's special, man. He's special. And then some clown in my mention was like, "Yeah, but it was a touchback." It's like, yeah, you just flip the field. They get it on the twenty, but we're punting yeah. from our twenty. <laughs> punting from inside the punting from the 15. Yeah. Like generally, if that ball goes to the, the plus 40, you're yeah. happy. If it's yeah. if it's Kevin Huber and the Bengals right now, it's you're lucky if that ball gets yards. gets the 50 yard line. I mean right. <laughs> I mean, it was a monster. And he just he's he's the man. I, I never thought replacing Jimmy was gonna be like who's Jimmy? Yeah, <laughs> right away. Well but, and and also, after that long punt, they showed Fletch on the camera, and he was angry. He, he was mad that it was a touchback. Yeah, he, he was which, pissed it was a touchback. Which just, like, further emphasized, like, like the punt guy would have been, you know, doing his strut <laughs> last year at San Diego State. But, but that, yeah, this is – Here's the other thing. That wasn't that the guy's most also impressive punt of the day. <laughs> I know. That's, that wasn't the most impressive punt of the day. Right. No, it, it was But, but Ryan, that's why I, I don't ever, like, say that – Fletch is the new punk guy because I don't want to like take it that way. So, so I always just say it's looking like an all American. A lot of people are like, oh, I got, I got, it. I got it. I got it. I got it. Because of the long hair and the like skinny build. Punk, punk Jesus. Jesus. Oh, yeah. I like it. I just I love like that it. somehow it ended up punk like Jesus. Aussie Twitter ended up in my in my feed. Oh, yeah. Like they, and again, they love it. His dad is. Kobe Bryant, and they were saying this is this is his son, and look at what he did on an American football field, and just wild. (laughs) I like that. Punch Jesus. Jesus. Yeah, I love it. I mean, the rake got some legs. I mean, I've heard I've heard a lot of people randomly call him the rake. The rake. Yeah, that's what Jimmy nicknamed him when he got here. Why? Because he was so skinny. Because he was built like a rake. Oh, skinny like a rake. <laughs> yeah, that's what Jimmy called him. Oh, that's good. We had Jimmy on like, like, like right after, uh, like, like going before the draft, and we asked him about Mason. He's like, "Oh yeah, the rake." <laughs> We're like, "The rake." He's like, "Yeah, look how skinny he is. Looks like a rake." 
<laughs> so that's kind of that's kind of caught some traction. Okay. I like Pudge. I like Pudge Jesus. Pudge Jesus has some has a ring to it. I like it. We'll see what we can do with that. Um, speaking of punt Jesus, sometimes uh, you you make a quick prayer, a quick call to God when you go for it on fourth and one in your own territory, even if you're up Ugh. 17 to nothing. Gentlemen, a few days have passed. Are we still kind of feeling the same where you, hey, you're, you're an aggressive team, you're going to go for it, and even in that situation, if you don't get it, you just live and, live and die by being aggressive? Or is that it, it did seem like somewhat of a turning point? It did seem like, you know, obviously SMU hits the big flea flicker right after that. I don't know. Ryan, were you able to rewatch the game or, or, or hear anything about this? Uh, I, fourth and short, I, I would, I would catch glint like segments of it because it was hard to get the, um, get it on my phone because right. you're in the stadium. It just doesn't connect really well. Right. I, I, I went back and, Tried to watch bits and pieces of it today, um, but I didn't catch that one. Mm-hmm. That's but I, my opinion, just right like off the top of my head is like, I trust like I trust our O line and running back to be able to get one yard. Like yeah. I think that's something we should be able to do. So I'm not like shocked that Coach Fickle thought the same. Mm-hmm. And said to go because he definitely told him, yeah, because you know, it's his call. Um, but I like, I mean, I like the aggression, and obviously, there's a time and a place, and it's like, all right, we're up 17 and we're moving the ball, we're we're running the ball well, let's just let's we, we should be able to get a yard, like, we will get a yard, let's go. So, I mean, I'm I'm all right with it. But. My only issue was just going under center, um, and you know, if you're going to go under center, then that's going to kind of tip your hand a little bit that it's going to be a run. And I know they did the one play action touchdown pass earlier in the year, but I don't think you're going to do that in your own territory. So going under center kind of knew the defense kind of flipped on knowing it was going to be a run. Maybe try like a quarterback sneak with, with Ben Bryant, have, have someone get a push behind him. But you know, going under center on fourth and short, kind of letting the defense know, hey, we're, we're definitely going to try and run it and that – you know, yes, built in the trenches and everything, but it kind of was a uh, not really a mo- it, it was a momentum flip. Um, but I, I don't know. I, the thing I wonder how much the wind played into it, yeah, because to that point they had not punted into the wind. Um, if you maybe had the knowledge, and when I was saying earlier, the 84 yarder wasn't his most impressive punt of the day, it was the 50 plus yarder into the wind. Mm-hmm. That he hit like uh like he stung a golf shot, like low yeah. line drive, kept it out of you know the 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 higher altitude. Um I wonder how much maybe that factored into it, thinking, you know, if we're only gonna get a 35 yard punt here, mm. you know, let, let's let's just kind of risk it and go for it. But what I would say is you had completely dominated their offense at that point in the game. Right. Just, just punt, just, just punt, pin them back, and and make them do what they really couldn't do all except for you know one time all game. Make them go the length of the field um, to to really build any momentum. Right. Um, because it, at, at that at that spot, you knew 
you knew immediately when they got that stop, they were going up top. They had the wind. They they, they were going to get an opportunity there. Sudden change. Go in your bag of tricks on the sudden change. Mm-hmm. Take the shot deep. You know, they're thinking probably worst case, get a pass interference. You're all the way down to the 35. You know, I. Or worst case, it's, it's incomplete. And you're still in plus territory yeah. and the ability yeah, to keep I, pushing. Yeah. I just didn't. And that I, I love, and and we talked. I talked about this with Dave a little bit yesterday on the brunch. Mm-hmm. It, it's hard to be a like in favor of foot on the gas, be aggressive, be aggressive, be aggressive, right. and then to have a problem when they are. Yeah, I just think in that like my personal preference, the way the D was playing, punt, and then if they have to punt, like. You're going to get it back unless, you know, you catch the wind stream, the jet stream, and <laughs> it goes 84 yards out of the, out of the end zone. Um, just get the stop, get the ball back, you know, and and, and get back after it. Um, I just – it's 17 nothing. I think Fick gets a little, like, those are the situations he, he sees knockout punch. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. And, and I, I'm wondering if that's – do that, yeah. I'm wondering if that's what was on his mind of like, let's, let's put, let's these, put these guys down. away early, but risk reward. The risk is you, you risk giving them momentum at a point when they didn't have any, yep. any. So and our defense has got to know they're taking a shot. I mean, it's like, well, the coverage was there. It was just a yeah. really good throw. Yeah, yeah, no, I know, and you just got to be ready for it, and you can't. You just we're we're coached. And don't give up big plays, and we gave up a big play, and you can't do that. No matter what, how good of a throw it is, got to find a way to not let that happen. Especially, you know, you got to be thinking. Well, they are. It's like it's like bread and butter college football offense. Like right, sudden change. We're we're taking a shot. We're doing something different. We're doing something maybe a little unorthodox to try to just catch you guys off guard. So and, well, and they got it scripted to everything. It it took them a flea flicker to, to suck in the safeties as well. So, you know, it was a, obviously, like you said, no, they're taking a shot, even though it might be a trick play as well, because you've shut down everything else they've tried to do outside of trick plays. So, yeah, I don't know. It's a, uh, that was tough. And then obviously that that's when it became a, a big, Field goal fest for the Bearcats, and then a few touchdowns as well for SMU. Um, some wide receivers. Now, I'm gonna talk about Chuck as well, and then, and then some wide receiver play. Jaden Thompson. Yeah, Jaden Thompson living up to his uh, his high rating coming out of high school. Uh, definitely one of the higher rated offensive players in the history of Cincinnati. He's really blossoming with with the injury to uh, to Tyler Scott and. Hopefully, when when Tyler Scott comes back, it's going to be continued blossom. But Chad, you you kind of mentioned this a tiny bit in the in the uh, brunch, and I I want to hear you kind of expand a little bit more on it because Trey Tucker not having Tyler Scott out there, you you saw in a press conference where Trey said when Tyler Scott went out with an injury, he kind of you know he's used to kind of joking around with with Tyler in the in the huddle. He's used to kind of having Tyler be the guy that's that's his yin and yang type thing but you really did start to see you know maybe that has some sort of effect where it takes him out of his comfortability i think that's what you were tr- starting to go towards in the brunch yesterday yeah i mean I, to an extent but like you gotta 
you got to be ready for that if you're Trey. Like, it, right. you, you've got to you've got to be in that right mental state. And sometimes drops are just the thing that like gets in your head a little bit. Yeah. You know, you drop that first one, and then you're thinking instead of just playing. And you know, you know that first drive, like you could have built some momentum and got things kind of moving. Now it's in your in your head. That it, you see it with kickers all the time, right? Yeah. Like, our kickers one. yips <laughs> well it's like like you miss one right so what do you do next time you try to make oh, sure crap. you don't miss right and then you miss left like that type of thing you wonder like sometimes if that's what goes on even with receivers especially when the second one happens hmm. right because then it's in your head like one drop everybody drops the football right. now and then if you play the wide receiver position then you have a second one, and it goes to like you know a saying I've talked about on here before: one mistake won't kill you, but two will. That second mistake, because you're harping on the first one, now you're spiraling. Now your your mental capacity is like you're pressing. You're trying to your your brain is not in that same mindset. And maybe Brent, where maybe where this is important is if Tyler is there he gets him back to that right, right you know, he, he's in his comfort zone right. because Tyler's joking around, like, hey, shake it off, bro. Like, you know, right. don't worry about it. Don't sweat it. And if he doesn't have that, you know, maybe that's where it does get into his head a little bit more. The mental side of it is so tough, man, because you never really know what's going on, like, in a guy's, guy's brain. I feel like you saw like, some of that even with Nick Martiner after he – dropped the touchdown pass. He was, yeah. he was oh, devastated on the on sideline. The sideline yeah. Hi, Ed. Aaron, get on your soapbox real quick for Mr. Bluesmith. Man, my guy. <laughs> I mean, he's – he's. I, I like that they're putting him in packages because early in the season, anytime he was on the field, you knew it was a run play. They were not throwing the ball anytime he was on the field, period. Right. And, yeah. and now it looks like they're – disguising some things when he's out on the field and he's making catches and it's, it's good to see a guy like Blue Smith finishing up his career here at Cincinnati uh, doing just that as you know he came here from Ohio State as a four-star with uh, a story and we, we never really got to see that quite develop on the field uh, but it's good to see him capitalizing this season uh, as he's you know being called upon. Pretty catch, and also a really good, really big play too. I don't know if the, if that was a third down or or a second long, but I mean it was a kind of a, a high pass, and he went up and, and caught it, climbed the ladder, if you will, getting close to basketball season to say that. But uh, yeah, you know it's uh, really good to see that. But I thought they did a good job getting Josh Wiley involved as well. Yeah, uh, you want to see more of it, obviously, but that that one pass, you know. Down the middle of the field, a little post play to him. I I feel like that's got to be open more often than than they try and look for. But you know, it's a kind of a set thing that the offense wants to do. It seems like at this point. But maybe you'll see. Uh, last time at the bounce house in 2020, Josh Wiley had the opportunity to have an unbelievable game. If you remember that one play when the lights went out and they whistled the play dead, that would have been a 115 yard two touchdown day for Josh Wiley. But Said that they wiped off the second touchdown. So who knows? Maybe he uh, continues to recreate some of that magic next week at UCF. Uh, but that talk was the about... Rock the Baby game, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. 
It was. Gosh, he was he was so good that game. That game was wild, by the way. Uh, huge victory, but you know we'll see what happens again this weekend. Uh, we we've been talking aggression this whole time. And uh, first off, how about the third down defense and the uh, third down offense to an extent too, really turning things around. But I bring up aggression because man, uh, penalties got got to mention it. And uh, Ryan, even if you didn't watch any of the game and you just looked at the stat sheet, that's probably the one <laughs> stat that really flies off the page at you. Um, man, I don't know it. I think the identity of the defense is extremely aggressive, kind of like force yourself on the on on the offense and let them know, hey, you're gonna you're gonna be feeling this all all game long. So get get ready for it. We're we're coming. We're not gonna stop. So I, I don't know. It's sure there was a lot of offensive penalties as well, kind of the you know pre-stat variety. But at some point. Will it be a change, you think, where, where Fick and the staff says, guys, we we got to really fix this side of things? Because that last offensive drive, if if they were able to convert that two-point conversion, you're looking back at that and you're saying penalties are the reason why SMU tied this game up or the penalties are why SMU won this game. Uh, man, it was, a, it was a big issue on Saturday. Yeah, and the coaches and Coach Vic, they have addressed it because kind of like the first year it was like, we want aggression and we want this. like, And it almost like just instilled this penalty culture, I guess. And, you know, there's been times we'd have like dumb, like after the snap, like losing your mind penalties. But I don't know. It's just you, you could try and do all these things. You could like maybe – put gloves on the guy's hands at camp and try to teach them don't hold, don't, don't PI all this stuff. And, but coach Vic, they, they they've tried. Right yeah. They've tried a lot of things and I don't, at this point, it's just, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't, I wish I had an answer. Thank God. I'm not a coach on the staff. Cause I'd sound like an idiot right now, but they've tried a lot of, <laughs> <laughs> they've tried a lot. They have, they've addressed it in meetings. They've done breakdowns. Everything and we hear them. It's not like we're just saying, "Oh yeah, whatever." It's like we we try, we we're listening and stuff. But I don't know. I mean, maybe that's just the, the bearcat fouls. way. <laughs> yeah, the personal, the personal fouls, fouls is yeah. yeah. That's Aaron. Aaron made a good point uh, in the nightcap about Ivan and his his way that he goes about after the play. Um, some people might see it as sportsmanship, but when you're aggressively beating a team and you are physically dominating them when an opposing player helps you up off the turf and like gives you a pat you're not taking that that as him like being nice you know, well, you know what the i mean problem, there was a problem there brent yeah you had to watch the whole clip right he did it twice right right he tapped him on the helmet when he was on the ground and then when he got up he smacked him in the back of the head again right. you hit you hit me in the back of the head once Okay, you hit me in the back of the head twice. Like, mm -hmm. knock it off. Yeah, get off me. Yeah, Which, but there's you can make that known without getting a penalty. Mm -hmm. Well, but like it, it was it was Ivan Pace that smacked him in the back of the head twice, and then Ashley Rice right. chucked him when he after the second tap on the back of the head. Yeah, what I'm saying is, if you're game. Ivan. 
you already gave him the little tap on the back of the head. The second one, something's going to come from that, right? And the <laughs> official was right there. He saw him slap him in the back of the head and then Ashy give him a shove. That's going to get a double flag. It just oh, is. Yeah. And again, I, I, he's lucky he didn't get another one for tearing the guy's helmet off five yards out of bounds. I don't think that was intentional. I mean, I don't know that it was unintentional. Yeah, but it was like the butt. Like, he didn't, like, grab his face. He didn't Jason Kelsey him. It just seemed a weird spot for something like that to happen when it happened. And obviously the penalty was called on the guy tackling him, not on Ivan for on tie. Yeah, it was on tie. ripping his, his face mask off. But I don't know. Those are when things I that you can cut out. When I think of penalties of aggression, I think of Mulaney, like, maybe getting his hand a little bit too high and a hand in the face. Like, that – yeah, it's gonna happen, right? But the late hits, the the little yeah. chippy Stupid. stuff out of bounds. Yeah. Ivan yeah. in the pile, smacking the guy in the face. Like mm-hmm. that stuff has got to stop. Yeah, yeah, it, it does. I I guarantee you, Coach Fickle address it immediately on Sunday. He's done it in the I, past. So I agree. Well, I think I'll, he was trying to rip out the football, and he ended up. It was the helmet, the bottom of the helmet. And he was wearing one of those helmets that the Bearcats were wearing at Arkansas. That yeah, just pops off real easy, you know. The weird helmets. What What does a Sunday when Fick is trying to address penalties sound like, Royer? It's never like it's never like super aggressive or angry. It's more just like him. He'll he'll put up like a kind of like a spreadsheet of the penalties and like which ones were which, how many yards, and, like, classify them as, like, like aggressive or stupid. And he'll he'll match them up with the film and basically show you. And, like, if it's a stupid thing, like, he doesn't – he won't, like – that's the thing about Coach Vic. He won't, like, get up and – he's a very intense and aggressive coach, but, like, in front of the team, he's not going to, like, like, rip you and, like, do that. Like, I, he does a good job of that. I mean – so I guarantee you he'll say, hey, Ivan, you can't do this shit. Like, no more of that. It's a stupid penalty. Like, we can't have that. You're hurting the team. Keep your hands you know? to yourself, son. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, he's like, I, he's like, you can be aggressive, but don't be dirty. That's He'll say that a lot. And Or, like, football is a game. He's like, uh, he's like, football is a game you play on the edge of rage or some like some line like that and he's like but you got to be able to like control your emotions and that's all, like we have a i think it's just like the maybe it's the style of guy we recruit like the just kind of like on a your guy, shoulder yeah like my was a lot like that like mm-hmm. and a, a, it might be like it might be a pace thing because dp has a little bit of that in him um mm-hmm. bolden so bolden oh, would tell me yeah bolden would kyle bolden would tell me like He's like, this Ivan, because we were talking about him, he was in high school, and he was like, this Ivan kid is a psycho. Like, he, like, he would, like, he was just, like, just a very angry kid. Mm -hmm. And so I guess I'm not super surprised seeing um, some of this, but you got to learn from it. You know, if you want to play in the NFL, which he is, you, you gotta, you can't do that. You can't be looking like a jackass. Cause there's no, there's no need for that. Like you're such a good football player and you've been dominating so much. Like mm-hmm. you do not, we need you sacking a guy for minus 15. We don't need you giving them a free 15 yards. And 
you know, it's going to hurt his draft stock if he keeps doing things like that. So he's got to learn. He's got to be more mature and realize how good of a player he is and, like, just be better, be, be in more control, be in here's control right, at the end of the play. Uh, Fickle would never admit it, but I don't think he minds it. UC plays with incredible swagger. I think it intimidates some opponents. Uh, the, the 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 late hit stuff, yeah, the, the the like the stuff that's avoidable. I don't think I, I think he does mind that. Yeah, no, he does. Well, there'll there'll he be does. times where like if we get like a roughing the quarterback, like yeah, it was like a close fine. or like a, a hit out of bounds that like we can't see. He'll be like, well, I'm good with that. But if it's like if it's just a blatantly stupid thing, like he's or like a dirty, like cheap play, like he is not, he doesn't right. champion that at all. He's old school in that yeah. way. He likes tough, he likes tough, physical, aggressive football players. And if you're out there, if you're playing clean and you're just playing aggressive, he's gonna champion that. He's never gonna champion any like cheap ass, dirty shit, mm. which is how it should be. Well, what the Raiders I do of the seventies were with Paul's comparison, and that was cheap ass, dirty shit. They were trying to intimidate you. They were trying to bully you. Right. And well, what it has done, it, it has created problem. It doesn't help us. It it doesn't intimidate these teams. It, it like it uh maybe like, it did initially motivates them, inspires them, it inspires them. Like, oh, we can we can mess with these guys. And like ECU did it to us that the year out of mods picks. Tulsa's six. done it yeah. every year. Tulsa, yeah, it's. Mm -hmm. It's just like, and it's worse. SMU looked Every, like they were doing it a little bit, yeah, trying to get no, into their it's head. smart. Temple's it's done smart. it. Number yeah. number forty seven on Tulsa. <laughs> I guarantee you, circles the Bearcats and says, "This is a game I can get dirty." Yeah. And no, I, it does not help us. It doesn't intimidate anyone. It actually has made our lives way more difficult, and we got to fix it. And well, you you can wonder, try being a little bit more harsh. Maybe Coach Fick can start smacking down some like punishments on guys and that's up to him you know he's right. done a good job with everything else so i'll leave it up to him but you know i wonder to try that i wonder too if it changes the way that the game's reft because if you know that maybe they do a little little bit of stuff after the whistle like you're, mm -hmm. you're you know clamping down a little bit on some of that stuff especially early on to where yeah. you're you're not doing yourself any favors if the ref's coming in with preconceived notions well, well you saw it happen twice where like right, you said, yeah. Aaron, it, it was early and they kind of did a good job. And, you know, and, and RG3 mentioned it on the on the broadcast a lot, how they kind of were doing a good job tempering the, you know, everything going on early in the game. And then it just boiled up and boiled up. The bad thing is having at Tulsa and then it happened again at SMU, the last few offensive drives, these penalties are coming at really bad times. At, yeah. at times where the, the opposing team is making this run and, you know, you are about to get a stop and then all of a sudden a penalty. Well, that's that second to last touchdown, the second to last touchdown, it felt like three quarters of the drive was you see yeah, just penalties. walking them down the field. I, yeah. The same thing at Tulsa. Uh, you know, that one drive that they had, it was like they stopped them, but it was a penalty. They stopped them again, another penalty. But yeah, I, I think I, I do kind of agree with what Paul's saying where, Sometimes, like that's you know, like you were saying, Ryan, my Jay did that. You, you know, you saw that. You know, after he, he would make sacks and stuff, you'd always be like, "All right, my Jay, you can celebrate, but but maybe stop the celebration right now because you don't want to like have him do that next step where all of a sudden it does warrant a play <laughs> along those lines." And I think we've got a disconnect though, Paul. Like Tanner Mordecai's performance wasn't because he thought Cincinnati was going to late hit him. Yeah, it's because he hasn't been able to figure out their scheme, their coverages. It's because. 
when he thinks the guy's open, he's not. And when he thinks the guy's not open, he is. Like, Tanner and when he Mordecai, thinks too hard, see. then someone's right in his face. Yeah, they're not – teams Teams aren't scared of us because we're, like, playing stupid, dirty penalties. They're, they're going to be intimidated by our scheme, our our guys that, are, that make plays – yeah, and personnel. how hard and fast we play. They're not they're they're welcoming to the fact that we're we can be a bunch of dumbasses sometimes after this after the whistle. They like it. The coaches are telling the refs about it. They're telling their players, hey, mess with this guy, mess with this. They probably have a list. Like, yeah, he's a he's a jackass after the whistle. He's a he's a head case. Get mess with him. Do whatever you do whatever you can to get him to freak out. If you see third five on special teams, try to get him worked up. <laughs> yeah, you see thirty five, get rid of him, and then we can win. That's exactly what they were saying. Um, but I'm telling you, like guy, like there's like guys just got to understand it's you know football. You can play every bit of a crazy aggressive within the rules, like from whistle to whistle. After the whistle, if you want to waste your energy on talking shit talk all the shit you want get even you can get in football you can get right up in a guy face mask to face mask as long as you're not saying some obscene shit in front of the ref you can get away with all every bit of that it's the moment you raise your hand cock that that back punch a guy hit a guy do anything stupid it's just there's no need for it you anything you want to mess around any kind of Shit, you want to talk to a guy if you want to mess with them that way, do that. But when it comes to just just keep your hands to yourself, you don't need to do any of that. It does no good. It doesn't. It all it does is hurt the team. And maybe that's something that I know. I guess Coach Fickle hasn't like maybe like if you throw a punch in practice, you're kicked out. But maybe like a in a game, if you throw a punch, you're gonna do like, I don't know, some sort of punishment. Or if you get so extreme, be like, all right, if you throw a punch, we're going to sit you for a quarter in the next game if they really want to get super intense. But I don't know because sometimes guys just lose their minds, and that's something that Coach Vic might have to just keep nailing in, try some new sort of punishment-based, like, style to it. I don't know, but it's up to him. I trust him to figure it out. I do think it's a it's it's a tough line to toe, though, because, like, Ivan does play that way, you know, and you don't want to take away the other abilities that Ivan has because you're telling him to really restrain yourself on this side of things. So, yeah, but he's going to, if he's going to play in the, if he wants to play in the NFL, he's got to learn. Oh yeah. yeah. At some point it's at some point in his football career, he's got to know that like there's a controlled rage. Like you can play, play on the edge of just pure rage and sanity, whatever you want. But you got to learn like, okay, I might start barking at a motherfucker talking shit and whatever, but I can't punch him. I have to control myself up to that point. Just hold my hands behind my back. Don't headbutt. Right. Just don't do anything. There's right. a line he's got to know and he will. He just got to, maybe someone has to keep reminding him. Right. I blame it on the fact that he didn't have any war paint on this week. <laughs> yeah, but he had the two mouthpieces. Two mouthpieces. Yeah. I'll never understand that, but. Man, I I do think Ivan gets under some people's skin, though. I I think Ivan oh, yeah. has that ability against opposing teams. Yeah, if you're yeah. if you're if you're every damn play, if you're just making plays and you're playing hard and you're towing that line, yeah, you guys, no no one's gonna like that, and you're gonna be in guys' heads. Just keep your hands to yourself. 
That's all you got to do. So how far up the, on the pre-snap? The yeah, I was going to say up on offense. The two times it's been a problem this year have been directly related to teams that do the, the role, the shift yeah. along the defensive line. Come on, guys, you you can't let you know. that get in your head. Like you know you've where else that happened? Discipline and stay at home. That happened last year as well. Yeah, at, it was a problem last year too at Indiana. It was. Indiana non-stop. did it this year too, right? Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, man. It's I'm- just being locked in. It's just you got to be locked in, ready to go. I mean, when I was there, yeah, it was all the joke of me making Mets jump off sides, but it was like my job to do it. Yeah. was pre-snap, just pick whatever play. They're like what, randomly just scream, and I would just scream. I, we'd get them. We'd, we'd get them way too much, and we'd try all year long. Even by the end of the year, we were getting them still. So, I don't – it's got to be fixed. It's been a problem for three plus years. Mm-hmm. Just locking One of the in. Great wired Wednesday clips of all time. Did you know, <laughs> when they put the mic on you, I'm going to get Mets today. Did you like? Was that an intro? Oh, I was like, I was like, I have to get him because I without the mic, we were getting his ass. So we just, <laughs> <laughs> we're spooking that guy bad. But I, I was like, it's got to happen because literally, you see it in the clip. It's like, look, he's like a coach was coaching him up. I'm like, Oh, this is perfect. Like he's going to be thinking Mind about something else. Yeah, it's yeah. like, Oh, I got to make this adjustment. He's telling me to do this, this, Oh, I messed up. Blah, blah, blah. Then he has my pest short ass screaming in his ear. <laughs> but yeah, that was a good one. You're like, you're like the, the, the dude that's terrible at pickup basketball, but he just plays defense like hard as shit. <laughs> that was literally me playing that basketball. Me too. That was me playing that's how I could relate. That's how I could relate. You know, just to just to like maybe finish off the penalties, it's just you could see like it bit us in the ass in that Memphis game. What was it, two years ago? Two no, years ago, three years ago. Game. Yeah, the championship game. Mm-hmm. And like it when MyJ lost his mind and got that penalty on third and long to right. have them be able to run out the clock. And you're just you don't you don't want to ever get back into a spot like that. And you could just you wish you could say something like, Oh, that was the tipping point that you know really turned the penalty ship around, but it hasn't. So it it's there's gonna be a game. It who knows? It could be next next week's our biggest road test of the year. You can't have stupid penalties, you can't turn the ball over, and you gotta score points in the damn red zone. And you you gotta correct all like we gotta correct two of those three things bad if we like we're not just gonna roll into the bounce house and have ten plus penalties and not score a touchdown in the red zone and think we're gonna come out of there with a win and we can't we can't let that that would be a season ruining moment it would ruin everything they've done all the games they've won it would all be ruined just because very correctable things so we gotta we gotta figure it out completely agree. Um... So, so now we bring it up. Uh, I, I also wanted to talk a little bit about the, you know, succeeding through chaos. You know, Luke mentioned that in the post game press conference. How like so much chaos. That you guys love chaos. Is at you the best. Love chaos. <laughs> That's when the yeah. team performs at their best. And and Dave kind of alluded to it yesterday during the brunch. You know, the goal line stand against Tulsa yet again. Another goal line stand again this year against Tulsa. This this year that two point conversion as well. You know, it's like. Like it's it's gotten so weird where I'm I'm sitting there watching the game, and when SMU's driving, I 
I honestly like I was never really too nervous. Like I like it was just like the, the team's gonna figure it out. They they always pull through at times like this. And you know, even after the touchdown, they, they shut down the two point conversion. But on that third on that third and short, because SMU SMU's kicker is really good or third and eight. I was like, okay, they they've got to pick up a first here because SMU's kicker with that wind behind his back could could nail a fifty five yarder, and that would just be extremely disheartening. But you know, they, they picked up the first down. It, what what is it about chaos? It just seems like that is when the team is at its best. It's we we train for it. Like we Brady creates chaos all year round. They create chaos and. Um, in camp and practices, they put us in situations like that. So we're built for it. We know how to respond. We've responded multiple times. Um, so we never panic. And that's a trained thing. It's something you got to work on. You got to be in those moments. We, I'm impressed with guys, a younger team, not as much experience with that being on the field. Um, but being able to make, come out and like respond and get it, get a victory. I think that shows kind of the culture that's been built, but I will say we've been, we've had a lot of things go our way. We've made it out of those situations a lot. And, you know, you can't, you can't tow that line all the time and think that it's always going to come out your way. So we got to, yeah, it's nice. It's good. It shows good resolve, good grit and being able to stand in there and come out with a W, but, it's not. But, but you know you what looks nice on the flip side. What looks nice on the flip side is what ECU. There, what? Uh, yeah, ECU did to, to Central Florida. A full dismantling. It's, it was well. It was no. It was close. It was close. It was close. And then as soon as they had a chance to like pull away, they pulled away. They didn't pull away by fifteen, and then all of a sudden give up ten points. Mm-hmm. They got up by 15, fourteen. Whatever. Then they got up by twenty-one. They got up by twenty-four. Yeah. And next thing you know, UCF's in a position that they can't come back. Like, that's what this team has been missing a little bit for the past two years. Like, even in 20, I thought you guys kind of did a better job putting teams away a little bit yeah, more. Yeah, I agree. I think we had a I think we had a a better between the tackles, like running attack, more consistent, like Mike Warren. Just kind of like more like a downhill back who's gonna like get his yards and you can put teams away. Just pound on you, yeah. Pound yeah. on you, pound on you. Whereas like Jerome, he's more of like a he's a big play guy, but like Mike Warren is just like he's gonna take a two yard. He's gonna make that a four. He's gonna make. Talk that a about five. a guy that lived for, that was from the mud, lived in the mud. Yeah, like that that's, like, that Toledo in him. Like yeah, that 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 like beats down gritty. teams. Yeah, we've been kind of missing that. Um, not that our guys aren't playing well, but just maybe that that's more of like a put you away kind of style, I would say. But I guess I'm just my whole point was we gotta like if we don't we got it we gotta start figuring it out in the, in these moments because I'm telling you we're gonna we're gonna drop one. We've been lucky oh. the past two years to not drop find a way, but that luck's all gonna of run these out. Games, <laughs> all of these games have been games where you're up to two three scores like. 14, 17, 20, 21 points. And then next thing you know, it's down to seven. And it's like, oh, shit, here we go again. Well, and I know Chad doesn't like when people say this, but I but I think your larger point, Ryan, is when people say that this isn't going to work in the Big 12, that's what they mean. That Ooh, when yeah, but we're not in the Big 12. Like, I understand. I get that. But I think that's, that's where that's where some of those sentiments come from. Worry about the Big 12 when they're in the Big 12. I get it. 
I think it's just you got to play your best football. You 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 gotta you gotta like you gotta take these struggling situations that we gotta play better because it might we might not even even have to be in the Big Twelve for some bad to happen. Some bad could happen next sure. week. Right. And we gotta and we gotta we just gotta three phases. We gotta put them all together, and it would look great. Play three phases against. Um, UCF, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, like a UCF, we beat them by 35, whereas like some we'd have to play three phases versus Arkansas to come out with a win. So it's like I don't know. We got I'm just saying our luck's gonna run out. A team's gonna make a play one of these times. Were you and, surprised coming out of the bye that they weren't more crisp? Yeah, I I we normally typically do come out and kind of just roll teams over. Um but it was there. It's not like we weren't prepared. It was right. like, like I was kind of saying at the beginning. It was well, that's like, what I mean more, Chris. Yeah. Like the penalties, yeah. you know, the the false starts, the the fifteen. The prep yarders, was there, the, yeah. The guys but it was weird. Fresh. They were up seventeen, nothing, kind yeah. of dominated. I like yeah. it. It did feel like it was. Oh, we're coming out of the bye. It's going to be a you know felt like a forty-two to to twenty-four type win or you know forty-two to twenty or something like that. It it just. Felt like one of those runaway games, and then yeah, things went around. They had the chances. They had them. They just didn't. Got to grab them by the balls sometimes. Some of that was the win, like, to be fair. Like, if you yeah. look, the only touchdown scored into the wind was the McClellan 76-yard run. You're sounding there were like no... Aaron Boone right now. <laughs> well, but there were no sustain for either team. I'm not just talking about UC. For either team. SMU did not score a touchdown in the first and third quarter. UC scored one touchdown in the second and fourth quarter, and it was the touchdown that didn't involve offense, really. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it was a one handoff, 76 yards to the house. That's yeah. not putting a drive together. I yeah. do think there has to be some credence given to when you look at how the game played out, yeah. all of the scoring – was with the wind except for that, you know, 76-yard touchdown. That's all I was saying about that. Yeah. No, I know. I just had to – I just had to pass a little bit there. <laughs> well, well, yeah. Sorry, Ryan. The, the Yankees, they just – that was – Yeah, we've got to make some changes. Yeah. Some changes need Hope to be made. No changes. <laughs> Safe to say. Uh, but, no, I, you know, in, in the end, though, it was a win. 29-27. And I feel like it's just, you know, boiling down when, whenever the whole Desmond Ritter arguments and, you know, early 2020 season, it, the, the only thing that I constantly brought up and, and write up to on the podcast is that, well, he wins. And, and that's what Luke wants. He wants people that go out there and make the right place to win football games. And this was a special win, though. It was the the program lead is now in the hands of the GOAT, Luke Fickle. 54 wins. That is number one in program history. Let, uh, let, let's let's timestamp the game because I think we're done with the game, right? Yeah. Yeah. Let's timestamp any... the game before we get into the some Luke Fickle talk. Aaron, anything else on SMU? You good? There we go. Go ahead, Chad. Take it away. The timestamps here on the BBP are brought to you by Quick Paper Supply, your locally and family-owned restaurant supply company. For all your non-food products, Quick Paper services over 150 restaurants with weekly low minimum next day deliveries, providing a wide range of food service products from to-go containers, cups, custom printed products, eco-friendly, and much more. They also have cleaning and restroom supplies for all your janitorial needs. 
Call Nick at 513-470-2029 and reference Bearcats for 20% off your first month of purchases. Now let's talk the GOAT. The GOAT. Luke Fickle, man. Uh, you know, just that that little video from from the locker room. Uh, you know, obviously peeling the curtain back for us, for all of us, Chad, do we call ourselves laymen, right? For all of us laymen who don't get Layman's, the opportunity. Yeah, that's, he, that's, he likes that, that term, who, who don't get the opportunity to be there in the locker room. You know, just the. Do you believe he pulled that shit on me, Royer? <laughs> yes. What? what does he say? <laughs> so I was in the press conference Tuesday. Uh-huh. I was talking about how they've had trouble stopping quarterbacks in the rushing attack. And I pointed out Tanner Mordecai the week before had that 70-yard touchdown run, whatever it was. And in his um, constant desire to pick at me, he said, well, you know, to the layman, you'll look at the 70-yard touchdown run. But what you won't notice are like these 15- and 16-yard runs you know, on these these touchdowns that he gets in the red zone or, you know, these plays that he makes on third down that change the game. So basically saying, yeah, like, you know, if you're a dumbass, you'll talk about the <laughs> 70-yard run. But if you're you really watching me. tape, there's a lot more to it. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm now a layman. My football knowledge is layman level. Hey, you knew. You were just trying to dumb it down for the people in the room who had no idea what was going on. Right. I was trying to set, like, trying to throw him a softball. Unfortunately, he hit it right back in the middle of my forehead. <laughs> he stingered it right in your forehead. Right at me. Right there you go. in the dome. But, you know, it, when when John Cunningham grabbed the ball and he said, you know, we have the best coach in the country, you know, it's it's just there's there's no fluff behind it because that's, that's the truth. He has done things with the program that, you know, all those winning coaches right now, they all stepped into situations that were already good. You know, you look, you know, look back at like Lincoln Riley stepping into Oklahoma. They were good. Ryan Day stepping into Ohio State. They were already good. You know, I, sure. Brian Kelly even stepping into Cincinnati. They were good. Notre Dame, he had to make some changes, had some up and downs. But, it, you know, it's, it's just all these coaches that are up there winning games at a high premium, they all stepped into situations that were pretty solid or at least has a history to be able to just rebuild something really quickly. The The situation that Luke stepped into was, for lack of a better word, everyone kind of just looking for, you know, get a job and trying to figure out a shit how, show, how to pull out any sort of win. And that first season, what did Luke do? They, they, they grinded and they, they can't, they came out with chaos wins four chaos wins. And now you look at what has been able to happen ever since then. Some some might call it the Ryan Royer effect. Who knows? But you know, it's just just the the way that Luke has been able to really build a culture. And I hate you know Chad hates the word culture. Aaron loves the word culture. So now, I don't I mean. hate the word culture. I just don't think it's used properly ninety percent right. of the time. But this is the ten percent where it is. Um, and I I don't know. It's it, it is pretty phenomenal to look at it. You know, you, the, there's a couple of. of similarities you know you look at you know Dabo would be one similarity where he he kind of grabbed Clemson and said I'm going to turn you into something and he did but even he had some tough tough seasons in the first five seasons that he that, that when he was building it Luke grabbed it had one tough season and then immediately 
he's on this trajectory that just keeps on going up. Uh, I don't know. I, Ryan, just, you know, you and you and Luke were boys. Uh, you know, what did it mean seeing him pull out this, you know, becoming the winningest coach in Bearcat history? And he's going to probably hopefully make it a number that is going to be very hard for anyone else to ever catch. Won't ever be broken. I can guarantee you that. Right. His, his, his total will be the record forever. That's no doubt in my mind, but I think you talked about it perfectly. I mean, it's a true from the ground up construction and like, it's a beautiful product. I mean, I like, you know, part of me is just so like, I feel so honored and proud to be a part of that team um, just because of what, what he instilled in us. And, you know, sometimes people don't understand how hard it is to get a, a division one, like a division one football player. It, they're not like, they're not very easily convinced. They're a lot of, a lot of guys think they're, they're, oh, they've always been the best. Their way is always right. Um, they've never really had to like push themselves super hard. Um, and be able to like take 130 of those guys and just transform them into something. It's one thing when you can get you're telling you're you're telling everybody what to do. You're the coach. Hey, this is us, this is us, this is what we do. But when you coach a team in a program so well and mold them into such good men that you get you almost you just get to take the back seat. And that's basically what he's been doing now the past two years because of what all the work him and his staff put in, the great work just molded a complete culture. And that's what Cincinnati football is. And it wouldn't be that without Luke Fickle. But to make us just it's like a it's it's like it's a train that's never gonna stop now. That's how good of a job he did. Cause now you got the guys, the guys are the ones or the players are the ones who are running this program now because that's the culture, Coach Fickle, Coach Collins, the whole strength staff. You got to talk about all those guys, Felino, um, Zach Higgins, who's not here anymore, Jeremiah. Um, Higgins will be just, back at some point. Come on. You uh, back. God, I hope. I know he does too. He tells us all the time how he misses us. But, yeah, Coach Fickle is just the best. I'm telling you, he's the future of college football. He's the future of UC. And I don't I wouldn't want anyone else in the world to represent the Bearcats and represent my football career. So every win he has is so special. And just seeing that for him, just it's another just something to be proud of, something to be so honored and blessed to have him as a coach. I miss seeing him every day. Like you said, we were boys like I me coach coach Fick and I, we'd have so much fun and I miss that. But. Just seeing him win that game means so much to me, and I know it means so much to everyone who's wear the sea paw under him. How much does it mean to you guys that he never really wants any of the spotlight for any of the success? It's always, you know, it, it, this wouldn't be, you know, none of this would have happened. And and a lot of coaches say that, but they're full of shit. Yeah, like, you know. P.J. Fleck. Yeah. P.J. Fleck, row the boat. Yeah, he's a piece of shit. No but, argument there. But how much does it mean to you guys that he's like, look, like, this ain't about me. This is about – I talk about culture because I actually live it. This ain't about me. This is about what we have built, not what I have built. It's real. It makes it all the more 
all the more easy to be behind someone like that because you're not being bullshitted. It's selflessness. And I think selflessness like that, it's always going to win. It's going to, it's what's made us win. And it's, what's going to continue to propel this program to places that uh, we never even thought we could go. We got really close last year, but I'm telling you just coach fickle and what he attracts and what he promotes and what he develops. It's, it's like people always talk about Nick Saban. I never got to play for Nick Saban. I don't know anything about him, but I can tell you just when you hear Coach Fickle and like Nick Saban talk, who everyone says is the GOAT, like you see so many similarities, the intensity. And I think Coach Fickle, he appears to be way more like personable, way more of like a good just football guy, a guy you can just be around and, you know, maybe not even talk ball, but just – just being normal, normal dude with, and I think that's really. I think I think he's going to be the best coach in the history of college football. I know I'm tooting his horn a lot, but I tell everyone that um, I really mean it, and I'm. And when, like, to get back to what you're saying, Chad, what do you think Nick Saban would have done if a jackass like me tried to give him a hug <laughs> for his wife? He would just probably scoff at you and just act he like had you don't me exist. Executed on yeah, the field. I know. I he appointed one of the security guards and went. Yeah, kill him. <laughs> kill that guy. Oh, but it's real. Real. Brent, Brent on Monday night would have been like, how are we? I'm the new owner. I'm <laughs> <laughs> we are not. Well, Chad, how are we? Not. Yeah, Chad's <laughs> not here anymore. <laughs> but no, yeah. I, it, and, you know, Ryan, it. And Chad, I want your take, obviously, and and Aaron, I want yours as well, because because you you love Coach Fickle as well. But anyway, I it, it, it's kind of what Luke always mentions, and and Brady mentions this a bunch too, is the fact that you know during their recruiting pitches, it, they they constantly are telling people, hey, you know, all this stuff that you want to accomplish, you know, you sure you can go to Alabama, you can go to Ohio State, you can go to Michigan, Michigan State, and and do it there on a big level. But why can't you do it here at Cincinnati as well? You can do anything you want here at Cincinnati. And just him speaking that and then the truth coming out through him. You know, I, yes, it's intentional for him to win every single game. But I guarantee you he probably didn't take over and say he wants to be the winningest coach in, in Cincinnati history, like as his own personal goal. I think his personal goal is he wants to win championships. He wants to, you know, build these these young men into to win better people. Us. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's, for us. you know, why? So I, I think Luke's main thing is that every word he speaks is truth and he believes it. And, you know, so when, it, when he starts piling on wins, he's like, you know what, why, why can't I win a national championship at Cincinnati? Why, why can't I continuously compete for championships? And I just think it's just, you know, him doing this is just another step. But of course I, I loved where he said, Hey, you know the the most important game is the next game. So, and and he he means that when he says that's always wired. He's just he's just a he loves football. He loves competing. He loves and when you love football, you love your players just that much more. When you played the game, when you've been every part of when you've been a part of every bit that these players have been a part of, and you just love it, and you can't get enough of it. You you just love your players that much more. You want to do you want to do everything for them. He nothing he does is for the money. Nothing he does is for the fame. Hmm. Nothing he does is to. I mean, look, 
nothing he did was to catapult himself into a bigger school where he could right. have a bigger name and make more money and mm-hmm. just everything he's done like he just bet he bet on himself and what he believes in and he's well, gotten hundreds and yeah that's where it's important to remember like he came after this job this job didn't go after him him and amy decided that's a place that we think we can raise our children we can have a great quality of life we can impact a program at a really high level and we have a chance to not deal with like you know like let's maybe use the most egregious example like (laughs) Auburn Auburn they've had win a championship two years later you're fired like because you didn't beat Alabama the two years after you you won your national championship Mm -hmm. like they I think they they thought of this as a place that there is a they've had success there is a chance to build on that success and create a legacy while we do things the right way, while we raise our family the right way, while we integrate ourselves into the community the right way. Rather than while we a buzzsaw. <laughs> yeah. Like, why walk into a place where the day you get hired, just counting the days until you get fired? I, the seat's already hot. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, but I think it's important to note, like, he wasn't. It, I can tell you this from the inside. When they fired Tommy Tuberville, Luke Fickle was not necessarily a name that was at the top of the list. Luke Fickle contacted Cincinnati. He had Jim Trestle contact Cincinnati. He had high school coaches around the region contact Cincinnati. Like, this was Luke Fickle saying, I want this job because we have vetted this job. And we feel like this is a place that fits us and that we can be in a position to accomplish all the things we think we can accomplish. Yeah. And he's a, he's a rooted man. Yeah. He's rooted in everything right. And that's why he, that's why he found himself here because it's everything that this place needed. It's everything that he wanted. And I'd also think, I mean, I could go be going out on a limb here. I think he just wanted out of the urban Meyer Vrabel was out of there. All of his guys that he loved were out of there. And I think, I think he was like, I kind of want to get that. That was, yeah. The cauldron Co- was bubbling. That wasn't like, like that's coach Fickle's alma mater. And that's his, this is all my opinion. This is not that place. He loves that place. And I think um, urban was turning that place into something that he that wasn't what it was when he was there, what when he was a coach and a player. And I think he was turning it into a program um, focused on things that Coach Fickle didn't think um, aligned well with him. So I think he said, you know what, I'm going to go build my own thing the right way, and I'm going to, God damn it, and we should have had a chance to go beat, go beat them last year or when they beat our ass that year. That would have made it that much better. But just to see what he's built, and to like kind of compare it to what he was at at Ohio State, just very different. I think there's a reason he left and came here, and how he does, how he handles himself, how he how he carries himself, and it's just it's exactly what he wanted. And I'm just 
so happy for him, so happy for his family and just happy to be a part of a, just basically all of it up until this season. Aaron, anything on coach? I mean, how do I top that? <laughs> yeah, that's why that's why I passed it over to you. <laughs> no, I, I, I mean, though, Aaron, you've been you've been able to, you know, even like we we mentioned it before, even on Squat Fest Day, you and I are just sitting there, and he's like, "You guys brought drinks, and it, you know, just to, just like the cracking of the jokes and things like yeah. that." And 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 like Chad, like you, like the the very first day that I came to to, to Cincinnati for anything when I when I was you know brought into to the bcj family was you know it was it was a, a, a team camp just out out there in nippert and luke just came over and just talked to me like i was just a normal guy and he seemed like the most normal guy out there so you know it's just all of it's true and he is the most normal guy out there he is he truly is he's the best he really is uh but but yeah his his thoughts and his line about the the most important game is the next game and that is on saturday and it is a Massive game against Central Florida UCF, those Knights of Gold, and it'll be a uh, it'll be a it'll be a barn burner, man. Bounce house, Aaron and I will be there. Let's haven't go. heard haven't heard back yet. Going? Well, potentially, I have to I have to hear back before I'm I'm not booking a flight until I get confirmation from Brent Young that I do have a credential. Yeah, well, it's it's just waiting. It's filled out so. We'll probably, run. probably a little, a few more credentials to get. How does that work? Does that mean that you just get a ticket on the sideline for free? No, you get a credential. You're up in the what press is box. that? Oh, you guys are press box. Yeah. And you, you just have to get before your... the game and after the game. Do you? Uh, you just have to find your way down there, or does the team help you out with that? No. Well, it would no. be the, uh, the Brent generally goes every there. year. Brent <laughs> goes every every other year. I've never been down there, um, but my cousin lives down there, so I just got to get a flight down there. And... Every Florida game I go to because my family lives down there, so it's just I turn it into a little mini uh, mini vacay. There you go. And then uh, fall break, as he calls it. <laughs> I mean, I mean, honestly, like like every fun road game I try and go to. Uh, like last year, Tulane went to Arkansas this year, yep. and then just. Yeah. It's a lot easier, like, you know, when you're in media, you don't have to worry about, like, getting a ticket. Yeah. You just got to go through whatever that school's credential process is. So you get to go experience the game and not have to go through the stress of, like, where am I sitting? Yeah. How do I get in? Like, you know, makes yeah. life a little easier. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, time stamp this. Yep. Uh, real fast. Chad, you got a, you got a quick read? Oh crap! I, I closed paper. the thing when I wasn't supposed to close. The quick thing. paper. Um, supply. quick paper supply. Uh, I will have it up here in one second. That quick paper supply. Is. Your locally and family-owned restaurant supply company for all your non-food products. Quick paper services over 150 restaurants with weekly, low minimum next day deliveries, providing wide range of food service products from to-go containers, cups, custom printed products. Eco-friendly and much more. They also have cleaning and restroom supplies for all your janitorial needs. Call Nick, 513-470-2029. Reference Bearcats for 20% off your first month of purchases. Uh, They've been open since 2009 and are one of the largest minority-owned companies in the city 
help out our good friends, our new sponsor for the timestamps at Quick Paper Supply. QuickPaperSupply.com. Boom. Gosh. There you go. Let's go. That is one heck of a read. And Quick Paper <laughs> Supply, check them out. Uh, real quick, basketball, obviously. We're going to touch on it more and more as the season lines up. 14 we're two days, weeks away. Two weeks away. Little little Jackson Bart. And we, like, we're going to have to figure out we're going to have to figure out what the hell we're going to do in two weeks. It's Best be time tough. of the year. Hockey, might, is that, football, will that be, baseball, basketball. Um, the multi-overlay. So that's the – is that the week after ECU? That No. So next week is Navy at home. Right. So that's not it. So and then that, that Monday. Friday. Friday ECU game. Friday ECU thinking, game on I'm the 11th. Here, we might have to do a Sunday night BBP because of the Monday night basketball game. Who is that? The opener? Yeah, it's the season opener. Shamanad. I mean, if you guys want to, you know, do the thing yep. at, at at nine o'clock or whatever. Well, I don't think it's gonna do My point Chad, is, Shamanad is the seventh. Okay. Well, then that's an exhibition. I'm so confused about that game. Yeah, which is weird. Like, so, so Cincinnati has it listed as a regular game, but you go on Shamanad's website and it's an exhibition. <laughs> They're just like setting themselves up for when they get blown out. Just like I was an exhibition and didn't matter. So, so the 11th <laughs> is the is the opening night, right? Is that what? That, or no, that, 11, no, 12, 13, 14. 14th yeah. is the opening opening game. Mm-hmm. And that's a seven o'clock game, right? Or is that that weird? No, they they moved it, so now it's at eight? eight eight p.m. Yeah, we can't do a show that <clears> Monday <throat> night. That Monday night. Well, yeah, yeah. the The first time that the team's out there together, there's no way. Yeah. Um. So uh, Sunday? Do we do Sunday? Mm-hmm. I'm I sure. Say, yeah, I'm sure this hey. is a riveting listen. I need a credential for this basketball game, Chad. You got to indoctrinate me into this hoops. Are you coming down, Brent? Oh, yeah. I'll be there. I'll see what I can do. Ooh, I don't know if I can get fire. you a season. I don't know if I can get you a season credential at this point. Oh, no, no, no. Just some. Just just the game. A couple games here and there? Yeah, yeah. Let me, be great. Let me let's see. I'll, I'll, I'll check the water. I'll dip my toe in the water tomorrow. Give John Cunningham. You are you are Mr. Fucking Bearcat. Get him credentialed <laughs> for Maui. <laughs> <laughs> you go, I'll get you credentialed. They right. said Mr. Bearcat came with a lifetime supply of uh hoops tickets. Okay. So. I like that. Oh, no. Let me let me let me let me check around tomorrow. I'll see what I can do. Mm, all right. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, the uh so uh, the basketball team, obviously the uh, first handful of games are Definitely a big warm-up for Maui. Obviously, you don't want to drop any of them. But uh, Chaminade, like you said, like we've said, Monday, November 7th. And then Cleveland State, Thursday, November 10th. Uh, practice still heating up. Uh, we'll, we'll obviously dive more into this. Yeah, and- the 7th is opening night. That's – no, so, okay, that is after the Navy game then, right? Yeah, yeah. So, Navy weekend and then Chaminade. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm just trying go. to work out like scheduling. 
the scheduling for this is difficult because we're obviously not going to do a show while a basketball game is going on. Right. No. And that we believe in you, Chad. We believe in you. We'll make. Can you do Sunday the sixth, Royer? I can do whenever I need to be there. (laughs) All right. We might have to do Sunday for uh, for for two weeks from now. We'll see. Deal. It'll be uh, it'd be exciting to see the uh, the squad out there. Obviously, anything more birdie wise or? No, I mean we talked about what I saw at the last practice I was at um, right. last week. Um, I, you know, I'm really interested to see what comes of uh, this weekend. The information that gets out after the uh, the super secret scrimmage with Purdue. Uh, that's going to be like the real tune-up. That's the you know they're taking right. that one as a as a game. Mm-hmm. No, we'll still have an AAC recap, Matt. Aaron is contractually obliged to the AAC recap. <laughs> one way or another, that will get done, even if we have to do it on Saturday night instead. One way or another, it'll yeah. get done. Don't worry about that. Don't you I'm worry. Get Matt. you, get you, get you. Tonk, AAC. there is no way I'll get you a seat on the team charter. That is not happening, brother. oh oh hold on one second (laughs) i did want to show off dave showed off last week tonk's birthday present that he got him Uh oh oh i I know what this is i helped i helped pick this out actually (laughs) same i wonder which one he picked though (laughs) do you know which one he picked i have a feeling which one he picked Tonk didn't tell us which one he picked. But, yeah, uh, basketball team. We're excited. Chad's about to show us something basketball-related he's going to throw on. But, uh, yeah, um, I think, I think obviously, we'll hear a lot after the, the super-secret scrimmage against the those uh, that team from West Lafayette. Yeah, I just hope nobody decides to pack their bags and go home early this time around. From the super-secret scrimmage? Oh, you're talking about, yeah. Well, yeah. I – that's another thing. Like, like I've got a buddy that's an Illinois fan, and he's texting about how they beat Kansas in their super secret scrimmage, and this is our year. Oh, oh, that's that's the one. I oh, that's the one I I said yes. That is sick. Nasty. That is sick. You gotta bust that out for the basketball opening night. Oh, and yeah. I would get murdered in the media section if I wore this. Yeah, <laughs> it's frowned upon to wear gear. What do you have to wear? Normal non, clothes. Non-related university Normal wear. Normal clothes. But yeah, dope. Tonk. That is great work. He hit me up and he was like, Tom. I'm sending this to you, but I really want to keep it for myself. And I'm like, you can keep it for yourself, bro. It's okay. And then it showed up in the mail, and I was like, Ooh, yeah, I would have kept that for myself. I wouldn't have gifted that to nobody. Yeah, it's, not, <laughs> it's not how birthday gifts work, Chad. But uh, I know. <laughs> but, yeah, I, know. I, I mean, yeah, that's a, that, that is one cool warm-up jersey. So the Jordan brand, is, is this the future? Is that a little uh, foreshadow? No comment. Mr. Brendy, come on. <laughs> no comment. I mean, you you did jump back in on, into the screen with that on. It looked pretty good. Uh, but anyway. <laughs> Sign it and send it back to Tonk on his birthday. That would be great. <laughs> have, have it be a, it'd be a traveling jersey. Just keep signing it and sending it. 
<laughs> I don't know. Oh yeah, even it even it even has the tag on the bottom. Oh, it's legit. It's good luck. Yeah. Um, Chad, do you think do you think following Sunday will will be a little bit more of an of an eye opening to what I don't know rotations or kind of well. I mean, we're not going to get that information. We're not going to get that information. I mean, but within the team itself, I'm saying. Yeah, sure, because they're they're going to try to win. Like that's that's what I heard about the Purdue scrimmage is we're going to go in there and try to win. Now Purdue is really good, so you might go in there and try to win and get your ass kicked. Yep. Yep. We tried to beat Bama. I think I think they're beatable. (laughs) I think Purdue's beatable. I'm not saying Purdue's not beatable. I'm just saying. Do you know what's good about Purdue though? They've got Zach Eady, who's arguably seven foot seven. probably the, the top big, legit big man in the country behind Oscar Seaway. Oscar, yeah. Yeah. And and probably Drew Timmy. Timmy. Drew Timmy. But so you've already he's you've already said there. he's the best big man in the Dude, country. No, I meant legit big. Like, you know what I mean. Timmy anyway. is still in college. Oh yeah. Is it he's, sixth year? He stayed because of the NIL money. And he's just getting getting paid. He probably get paid more than that's what he said. What, what he would as a second more round than draft pick or as a as a G League player, he's making more at Gonzaga. Would he? So he wouldn't have got drafted. Second round, late first, yeah, early late second, first, early second. Which, yeah. as we he talk about the draft, G League guy. Congrats to Mamadou and Keith Williams uh, being drafted. G League draft, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Love those Is two it, guys. Oh yeah. Great guys. Um, but yeah, it, Keith was a baller. I remember him. He was here when I was young oh yeah. here. Oh yeah, he was. He, he could soar. But uh, yeah, I, I'll I'll be interested to hear how you know Vic and and even Kalu do guarding a legit big big man. You know, just just early returns on how how they did up against seven foot three Zach Eady, who at times dominated games last year. So um, it'll be exciting. To, to at least get the early reports from that. And then aside from that, just kind of see what sh- what they do against Chaminade and then Cleveland State as it, wore- as it wears on. But I, we're almost there. Like we're, it, it's. I guess I missed that one. Yeah, that's a, well, I don't think he was. Drafted. Like a, he wasn't drafted. So, yeah. yeah. There you go. Shout out, shout out. Um, anything recruiting wise before we get this mailbag open? No, I mean the Malik LZD commitment. We kind of yeah. paid attention to his Twitter. You kind of saw that coming, right? Uh, unfortunate, but opens the door for them to explore some other options at wide receiver, uh, a position group where depth is not, you know, a major concern. And I, I like Aiden Green is still going to be really good and Ty Perkins had great the, catch. An, a, an ESPN Sports Center top 10 plays type catch mm-hmm. um so obviously I'm not downplaying the decommitment of Billy Gelsey because he was the number one recruit in the class right and I think he's going to be really fucking good I don't know why he goes to a program that doesn't throw the football but you know well well, and it also, is it is. there's this thing called the transfer portal, and Nick Martyrs turned out to be pretty good. And the Big Twelve, is... they'll be fine at wide receiver. Like, right, I'm not worried right. about Mike Brown and that wide receiver. Oh no, no, not one bit. But I'm saying if they, if they felt the need to, to go out and find someone, then they'll go find someone. Then how how sexy is a Cincinnati program heading to the Big Twelve? I mean, it's 
hard that to throws find. the ball a ton and right. then lets guys go up and get it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, basketball recruiting things are kind of static right now. So I saw we'll what see. there was unofficial visitor today. Yeah, it was a 2025 five star from uh, Woodford County in Kentucky. Jasper Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. So got an offer. 2025. Yeah. Man, 2025. Where have the years gone? That'll be right around when we'll get to see the next season of House of Dragon. So. Oh, well, I have not (laughs) seen the season finale. Neither have I. You guys, you guys did a good job holding back the feet comments, so let's not say anything. Brent more was really banking on seeing that, not getting that spoiled. You guys really ruined the feet part. For there, there's a scene early <laughs> in this episode. That's I think I know what it is. I saw it. I damn, dude. Oh, no, no. moving on. The worst, thing, the worst thing about social media is. It's impossible to not get any spoilers. We've got we've got plenty of. I'm not saying questions. anything about it. We've got plenty of mailbag questions. Let's right. go. It's gonna make your like, stomach. Turn. Like <laughs> I like I found I found out that Beckna was one for Stranger Things before I even watched the damn last episode. And there's your quick paper supply timestamp. <laughs> I was I was pissed. Quick right, paper I, supply, your locally and family owned restaurant supply company for all your non food products. Providing a wide range of food service products from to-go containers, cups, custom printed products, eco-friendly, and much more. They also have cleaning and restroom supplies for all your janitorial needs. Call Nick, 513-470-2029. Reference Bearcats for 20% off your first month of purchases. Do I, you think I should get like, um, do we need like BCJ cups? Oh, we, I think BCJ it's, it's cups been brought up before. would be fire. <laughs> Gosh. Fire. Nick, BCJ cups. Send me a send me a mock up. We'll sell. We can. You can sell them. You can sell the cups to five one three shirts, and then five one three shirts can sell the cups. All right, we got plenty got of questions to get. For this story. Plenty of questions to get to <laughs> in this mailbag. Uh, starting off in the football mailbag here. For all of us layman's, I won't speak for Chad, but I'm definitely not one. What specific aspects of offensive line play are we missing most in the absence of Jake Renfro? Speed, aggression. I'll let I'll let lateral talk about this. He's playing against lateral blocking, um, uh, getting up to the second level, leadership, um, just overall experience. I think the second level thing is is really big because I rewatched the game a little bit and. On all of those stops on the short yardage, it was a linebacker feeling hard and or yeah, you know, it just so yeah, yeah, getting up to that second level. Maybe yeah, maybe getting like a little uh doing a little chip scheme with the guard and have Renfro Renfro be able to get up and seal off a weak side backer trying to fill over the top. That's something he would do really well. This is uh, this is perfect, I think, though, Royer. Like where they are struggling. Delayed stunts, delayed blitzes. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that is Renfro not being there to orchestrate, right? Like the center orchestrates everything. Mm-hmm. These are your assignments. And and oftentimes what you'll see happen is there is someone blocking nobody. Right. Yeah. As yeah. a guy comes free. Chad. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and even on run blocking where a, a lineman will get to the second level and block no one. 
and just be like right. looking for someone to block. So kind of the recognition of like, okay, that's that's where the mic is. And now the mic moves over there. I've got to still locate him to, to spring it to the second level. The other thing, like, and, and this is no knock on, at Gavin because Gavin has done a remarkable job. Yeah. Doing this really for the first time in his life. Yes. Jake has been a center. Pretty, like, yes, he played some other spots in high school, but Jake came in as a center. He knew the position. He grew up in the position. Took the job from a very from good a, center. From a guy that was on award watch list, national yeah. award watch list. Yep. So, at, at, look, they have done a really good job. But when there have been breakdowns, I do think those are the areas where you say that is stuff that you're pretty pretty confident Jake would have had under control. Right. Yeah, and if we can look at it positively, just a quick little finish on this. Sure. They take care of business the rest of the year, keep getting better. I mean, this is just going to make them a better line next year when Jake comes back. Everyone's going to yeah. be better from it. Yeah, these younger guys that have – Play, that had to play a little different positions in his absence. It's going to make him better. I, I joked with him. I saw him Tuesday when we were down in the facility for uh, media day. I said, I don't know, man. Are you going <laughs> to <Wally guard> <laughs> be playing guard next year? To Gavin take your spot? He's like, I ain't leaving. <laughs> I ain't going nowhere. Yeah. I'm the center of this team. Like he is. he is. I love Gavin, and I appreciate what Gavin's done while I've been out. But he ain't taking shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree. Briefly break down Bearcats versus Tennessee Vols and predict the score if played in Rocky Top versus Nip at Night. Maybe better done by Dave on Holy Grail Pod. I mean, Tennessee's playing as well as anybody in the country right now, and the Bearcats are good but not great. I, right. I don't. Those scores would not favor the Bearcats at this point. Can't imagine that would playing. have to play the perfect game and get a lot of help. Some help, right? Yeah, and Hendon Hooker is number yeah. like one A or one B in the Heisman. You know, like twenty eight? Yeah. Huh? I said, isn't he like twenty eight? Yeah, I think he is. It's like year he's, six or so. He's, he's been around for a long there. time. He's getting up there. <laughs> Uh, the issue of penalties is always something that's said can be cleaned up. How exactly are they cleaned up in practice and throughout the week by the team and coaching staff? I think we did touch on that. We did plenty. a 30 minutes. Plenty. <laughs> so, uh, is this the game Fick and crew circled this year? I remember in previous seasons where Fickle had discussed him and Freeman circling a game to spend some more prep time on. Typically it was teams with a different style of offense, such as Navy and UCF. The UCF offense is quite different than anything we will see all year. No, it's not. It's read option. Like it, that, this isn't Josh Heupel UCF. Yeah, it's like this is this is running much. quarterback mm -hmm. RPO read option. Um, I'm sure they they have this game circled to an extent. I don't know that that cracking the they code on the uh, the Gus Malzahn offense is like all that like groundbreaking, right? Royer, yeah, agree? yeah, no, it's not the same. I mean, they tried like they when he first got there, it was basically kind of like, all right, we're gonna like since you guys are so like trained in this like high tempo, we're gonna like keep it around, but it was not nearly as intense and as it's like, not what he wants to do. It's yeah, not who he is. No, it's not, and so that's it's not the same 
not that they're not as talented, but just not the same like style. Um, I, I would say this game and Tulsa were the games. They were probably like the conference games. They knew they were going to be dog fights and to be ready for. But yeah, I'd say that this is a game you always look out for when you're playing these guys. All right. Chad, can we hire a hypnotist to hypnotize our offensive line to stop the illegal procedures? Nothing else has seemed to work in the last five-plus years. What would it be like to go to a whole game with first and 10 instead of first and 15? I mean, they've done it in five of the seven games this year. The only We talked about this. The only two times it's really been a problem is with those line shifts. Like, for some reason, they just haven't been able to stay disciplined during the line shifts. And... It's a killer when it happens. Yeah, maybe to give them benefit of the doubt, like on defense, like you kind of like try to push the line of like sure. what's legal and not screaming, right? Flailing your arms quick, and you know it just you got to be locked in. Just right, you're kind of like you're not necessarily encouraged, but you're not going to get like yelled at if you're like kind of messing with the O line and towing that line between what's a penalty and not for on the deep, like delay of game. Is that what they call it? Delay of game on the defense when they like yeah. scream they, or something. Yeah. yeah. I don't remember. It's something like that. There's no Jackson player uh, simulating the, the snap count anymore. <laughs> I think I have noticed the wide receiver missing coverages. Think defense is playing man when they are playing against the zone. Am I correct or completely off base? It's happened. It's definitely happened. Um, it happened against Arkansas a couple times. I've noticed it a couple other times. It's gotten better. It hasn't happened as much. Um, Wait, Ryan, what is this question asking? Why, so our like, wide receivers not recognizing our wide receivers running through a zone and not sitting down. Oh, okay. So right. instead of sitting down and making the you know twelve yard catch. They're coming across the defense, yeah, forcing them to kind of throw it to them with the defender reacting from the zone or behind them. sitting down in the open spot. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't. It's say happened I've, some. Yeah, I I haven't. It hasn't been something I've necessarily like keyed in on. I can't give that good of opinion on it, but that'd be something for you guys to talk about. It, you do have like I will say football knowledge. Like that is something. Like you have to recognize, and you're taught, and you got to be able to notice in the game. Um, I know there. I know that it's something that they know to do, but other than that, I don't. I can't really get into much. I, do you I uh, do you think there is maybe a solution there with more motion? Because even like I've noticed when they put guys in motion, it's not. It's motion like half a formation. They're not motioning a lot of guys across the formation. Yeah. Because when you motion across a formation, you That's you, what you make get. the defense yeah. declare, right? Yeah. When you're when you're just motioning a tight end from one side to the other, I mean, a defense doesn't have to move. It's kind of like communication or like no. Or you're knowledge. motioning a wide receiver from the the far outside to, you know, yeah, just no. outside of the slot receiver or whatever yeah. on the same side. Yeah, that's something that Denbrock loved to do. Denbrock loved um, motioning a lot. That was like his one of his big things was like that was his way of identifying coverage. And right. I think he did a good job with it. It helped. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that could definitely help the um, help the 
offense recognize coverages, maybe get some more cro- uh, longer motions, cross cross formation uh, um, motions. It definitely is a thing that will uh, help reveal the defense's hand. That is something that will affect it. I know that for a fact. Because more than anything, it tells your wide receivers this is yeah. the option. Like if you've got an option or a choice route, yeah, your choices are different against man than they are against zone, obviously. Yeah. All right, this one should be fun. When is Prater going to get his shot? In all when honesty, his, when he wins the job. In all honesty, this team seems to have certain units firing on all cylinders, but rarely all of them at once. Is the issue immaturity, lack of discipline, coaching, or all of the above? Prater will not be the quarterback as long as Ben's here. And healthy. Um, healthy. Yeah. Um, and what's but this the issue immaturity? I can't see the, the issue whole is question. nine guys went to the NFL. Immaturity, <laughs> lack of discipline, coaching, or all of the above. And those nine guys in the NFL are awesome. Yeah. Bill, like, guess what? If you go back to 2019, 2018, when those guys were in the position a lot of these guys are in, they made mistakes. Yeah, it's inexperience would be my thing. Inexperience. That's what I'm getting you know, at. Yeah. Hundred percent, and that kind of can you could kind of conflate that and immaturity at the same time. That could, those can kind of go hand in hand, I guess. Not being like mature on the football field, but I, they know, got their playmakers. They're talented. They're coached really well, and as long as you got that, you got a chance, and the kids will get better. I I was a, a little surprised we didn't see like one or two or three uh, Prater plays on on Saturday. I. Figured, you know, during the bye week they were going to install something, but um, fourth and one. Maybe it was kind I, of a. I'm with Dave. I don't like fourth and one. No. I like Prater on first and 10. Yeah. The playbook yeah. is open. Prater like what on we were mentioning one, last week. Yeah. You bring nine guys into the box. Stack the box, yeah. Yeah. And you just say, okay, you're going to run. Whether well, it be with Ben's going or... under center, you're doing the same thing. You know what I mean? It's. Yeah, but like there's a lot of, like, even if you look at the NFL, like runs are more successful under center than they are out of the gun. Right. Like, that's why you go under center in those situations. Yeah. Um, I think if you put Evan in in those, like, third and one, fourth and one, maybe you get it, but you're telling the defense what you're going to do in those situations. Yeah. Yeah. If I was, play, if I was playing uh, Sniper who or if I was playing DN, I'm like, I know exactly how to play this. And crash what? Yeah. yeah. Either I crash down or I'd, like, just play the perfect like right in the middle because I know he's reading me and I'm just going to try to mess this play up as much as I can. Right. But so I guess, yeah, fourth and one, I fourth and one, if you're going to run the ball, you got to, I mean, you could be in the gun, you could be on your center, but you need two tight ends in and you need to run it between the tackle and you need to, you just got to get yeah. it if that's what you're going to do. Sure. Yeah. All right. And do you think our team lacks leadership? A lot of less experienced players on the field. If so, how do we remedy this? I don't uh, think so. Well, I, I also think it goes back to what we just talked about. Leadership is a developmental process. Like, I do think there are plenty of leaders. I also yeah. think, like, uh, Malik's out. Um, we don't know the status of Jabari. Renfro's out. Like I, I do think they have been presented some leadership challenges. Tyler Scott's right. out. Tyler Scott's out. Like you know, some of the guys you were leaning on for leadership 
right now aren't in the game. Mm-hmm. So now you're relying on other guys for leadership. Um, I think that's a challenge. Whereas I think, you know, you built up from 18 to 19 to 20. And then in 21, like you had, there were answers. If there were gaps, if something happened, if somebody was out or whatever the case may be. I mean, we've talked at length about this team being a young team this year, but just think of how much more experienced this team's going to be next year as you go into the Big 12. They're not young. They're just not wildly experienced. On the field, yeah. Yeah, yeah on the field, young. is yeah. like There are a lot of guys that, that young play and a shit ton of snaps for a long time, mm-hmm. and it got to the point where even like, you know, Luke's talking 1A, 1B, 2000. 20, 2021, Desert coming off the field, Sauce coming off the field, Kobe's not coming off the field. Arquan didn't come off the field unless he was Arquan's hurt. Arquan's not didn't. coming off the field. Cook's not Hicks coming off didn't. the field. You know, even in 20. It was mainly like, just the D-line. It was just the D-line on defense. The linebackers. Right, that was same. where the rotation was. But the Joel, linebackers Beavers. I guess DP and, Ty, DP and Ty were the only guys that rotated. But they were, they were one, right? Yeah, like, they, they were yeah. – so, yeah, like you're – look, guys, we, this is the stuff – like would you like to for it maybe to have been farther along by, you know, game seven? Yeah, you probably would. But then you, you factor in the things that I'm talking about where Renfro's out, Malik's out, Jabari yeah. now is, is questionable. We saw an injury to Tunstall. Like he came back in. But sometimes you can come back in and then you go through a week and your knee or your ankle or whatever it was, like, doesn't react the way that you thought it would. Tyler Scott, we don't know because it's an ankle and you're dealing with a Ferrari. And guess what? If a Ferrari's got a bad tire, that Ferrari's not a Ferrari. Like, so it's the natural progression of a season for a team that lost nine guys to the fucking NFL. We we have to re- – like, I know I get annoyed when I saw, like, you know, one of the main graphics at the beginning of the game uh, on Saturday was all the guys that are gone to the NFL. But then you have to remind yourself, this team is still trying to replace thousands of snaps. Thousands of snaps. Yeah, the Ryan Royer works at GE now. Like, <laughs> yeah, I put some of this on Ryan Royer because he had a COVID year. He I could have come, come back. back. If Ryan Royer comes back and he's not a part of this podcast, maybe the leadership isn't as much of a problem. Well, just think about this. Like, oh, honestly, we are a couple snaps away from being, being undefeated, undefeated and right. being in the playoff picture again. Right. I don't know if we would make – just judging how certain teams are playing this year, we might not make it in, but we'd be, de- be in the conversations. I think, yes, there have been some um, miscues and some lack thereof of certain things, but just how much – where the team's at right now I think is a great spot, and I think they're gonna, just going to get better too because that's how teams like this go. I'm going to pull something from Tonk here. I think the team lacks vocal leaders. How do you know that? I disagree with them. Yeah, um, how do you like? Are you there? Like, I, 
You live in Texas, Tonk. I the promise, <laughs> the promise Desmond Ritter. Desmond Ritter was like a like the he was a big like media presence guy. Like he's a name. But he wasn't rah rah. No, he wasn't super rah. He'd get his O going, but in terms like he was a gr- a very good vocal leader, but I'm saying like he kind of would like he took all the attention towards yeah. that. Like he kind of like overshadowed like other guys, like Kobe Bryant, like big vocal leader big vocal leader i i um i know i know will huber is a vocal leader i know arquan bush is a vocal leader um i know dylan oakland is a vocal leader. it is hotter than shit <laughs> oh my god how did, they, I think, how did they how did they warm up for games in that this thing because that's what this is it's a shooting shirt for games from the jordan era I'm going to look at the sweat states. The, the other, pass out if I keep the, that thing on. The other one he had picked out for you was Velvet. <laughs> we were looking at a good Italian there, huh? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, moving on to the basketball portion? Or were yeah. you finishing up your point, Ryan? No, I, I, I'm just saying, like, I think Tonk's point was, like, it might appear that way just because Desmond Ritter stole the whole spotlight on that. But there's still there were guys on the team that didn't get acknowledged for being vocal leaders because of Des. And now I think there's guys that are here right now that have stepped up and are doing a good job of it that you're just not really going to see that side of them and people aren't going to latch onto it. All right. That is the basketball portion of the mailbag moving to the or the football portion. This is the basketball portion now. Uh, to what extent does a lack of rim protection on the roster make it more difficult to press? Seems like last year there weren't the right guys on the perimeter and wing to press, and now it feels like there aren't the right safety valves in the front court. I'm concerned about that if you're going to press. Like, I, I think it's important if you're going to press that you have that one guy at the back end that's going to be able to, like, force – an attacking opponent to pull it back out and reset their offense. If they feel like I can get to the rim and get my shot off, then maybe if Cincinnati presses teams are a lot more aggressive and how to attack the press, because there's not that like solidified anchor that's going to be there to prevent you from doing that. So it's, it's I, for me, it's definitely a concern. Um, We'll see. Like, we'll see I, what type of presses. There are different ways to press where you're not all out, like, selling out on traps and steals. You know, maybe you're pressing to force the offense to not be able to get into their stuff until there's 15 seconds on the shot clock. And that's also a super effective way to press. So I think it's going to be interesting in like what ways does Wes Miller implement the pressure? Um, Is it all out? Because when you're all out, then that, that last line of defense is critical or is it maybe a little bit more? um, I don't want to say soft because you're still trying to get after people but you're just trying to get after people while also having some measures in place to make sure guys aren't running downhill to the rim with the ball in their hand. 
So uh, is it a concern for me? Yes. Is it something that can be Worked schemed around? around? Yeah. Also, yes. All right. I think Wes mentioned in the offseason he was expecting a very big year out of Big Vic. Has Vic been showing signs in practice that this will happen, or has Kalu been impressing more? I mean, Vic's been okay. Kalu's been okay. I don't think either have, like, gotten to the position of, like, Cincinnati's going to have a dominant post-presence. Well, they're different type players too, right? They're absolutely. But, I, I mean, just in general, like, I, I don't think it's a, a completely fair question because you're asking to compare – you know, two guys that do things differently. Um, I've been impressed by Kalu with his rim running, with his ability to be kind of a factor from like 15 feet and in. Um, you know, Vic, if Vic can adjust to the physicality of the American game, he's going to be a problem. Is he there yet? I haven't seen it 100% where I think like, you know, he's going to play 25 minutes a game and it's going to be really good every night. I think right now he's going to play 17 minutes a game and there's going to be stretches of like three, four, five minutes where you're like, shit, man, you know, this guy can really, really play. And it, it kind of seems like he's a he's a bright lights guy, too, uh, where where in certain times they're yeah, in he, games. I, I mean, you look back at the Illinois game, he was he was. You know, bright lights. He was out there doing well, but and then conversely, in the Arkansas game, it was the other way. You know, it, it seems like he's got a little bit of flair to him. Uh, definitely that, that three against Houston right before the half at home. That yeah. was kind of you know just just really playing into the to the bright lights. But yeah, I mean, he I has think, it in him. Yeah, he has it in him. Yeah, I think, and also you heard West and, and Coach Dollar mention it as well. How this is the first like real off season that he's actually been able to go in there and, and, and be a, a part of an American basketball team. And so yeah. I think, uh, I think we'll, I'm excited to see what he brings, to be honest. I think uh, really, really big, big chance to have some bright moments. Uh, do you have enough visibility into last scrimmage to determine whether or not the defense hounding to Julius method was still intact or is Landers relieving the heat on him as was the plan? No. All right. Easy enough. Uh, did Sage play in the OU scrimmage? If not, why? I don't know. I know he's been uh, held out a little bit physically. I don't think it matters. I, I think we're we're aiming towards a situation where he he redshirts, um, unless you know, unless something happens where you have to play him. Um, I think the ideal situation for Sage. Right now would be to continue to develop uh, without wasting a year of eligibility. So um, I, I didn't dig for too much information. But like I got what I could get on the scrimmage. Uh, finer details. I'll. I was saving that more for what happened against Purdue. All right. Uh, and the last question in the basketball mailbag, who is our next official hoops visitor, if you had to guess? Uh, I'm working on that. I don't have a great answer for that yet. Maybe Day-Day, Davion Thomas. Um, from there, I'm working on it. All right. And the last portion of the mailbag, 
is the banks portion uh slammed at work so i have to make this quick guys should edits by taylor create an image of aaron with the aac emblem as the background or have him in a tulsa uniform for the 2023 aac updates podcast no i i think what we do uh when this goes through is that we have like the um we have a picture from the top aac game of the week with Aaron's face put into like the ball carrier, the quarterback. Well, see, <laughs> see, I was thinking a deep fake with Mike Oresco. And as Aaron talks, it's his face talking on <laughs> Mike Oresco's body. But I think they're talking about like an edit for like the, you know, the, 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 the main AAC picture. Recap. Yeah. 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 I like this idea. And yeah. we'll just keep in mind I'm the one who's in charge of putting up the pictures and all that here. I mean, I have veto power. I can just delete it. I have veto power. I can mid-production. It's gone. The president. I can. Hey. I, can I can take away your access. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, I for, for Brent. P.S. Sprinkles or no sprinkles on an ice cream sundae? Oh wow! Uh, ice cream sundae. I. I mean, if there's gonna be sprinkles, I guess put it on, man. Uh, but. Uh, I, I choose a lot more things before I get to the sprinkles. I choose a lot more things before I go to an ice cream sundae. Right. I mean, well, a hot fudge sundae? I can't yeah, tell I mean, you the last time I had a sundae. Hot fudge sundae is pretty dope. <laughs> Why did he just single out Brent for a sprinkle question? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Pretty sus, man. Warrior, what's, your, what's your go-to like ice cream, like if you're going to an ice cream place? Uh, I really like graters. I balance between cookies and cream and black raspberry chip. You're just going scoops. You're a scoop. Um, I could put it on a cone. I like to. I like to lick a little bit. But yeah, like either. But you're a scoop guy. <laughs> you're just like you want scoops, whether it's in a cone or in a cup. You want scoops. You're trying, yeah. trying, trying. Keep this thing. I like to put put it. Uh, <laughs> I'm not even gonna like. Well, I was just watching Brad's face. Gonna... I couldn't even finish it. Finish without. All right. Uh, <laughs> moving... People probably do what I do. Moving it. on. Howdy, gang. How are you guys feeling about Big Twelve Commission Brett Yormark? Seen a lot of digital ink spilled lately about him being a damn good salesman who is trying to get a new and exciting TV deal done for his conference. And I'm curious to hear opinions about the man from Bearcat Insiders at this moment in time. I haven't met him. Uh, I I was I had other work to do the day he was in town. So I've yet to meet him. Uh, I'm impressed so far. Like, I think the guy has a vision. You know, I, I, I it also goes to like this. Um, there's also this notion I, I've seen it from the Pac-12 that like, oh, he's a he's a salesman. You, you know what? Like, salesmen are a big part of what make this fucking country go right. Like, what, why is that a negative connotation? The guy is good at selling the product that he has been hired to sell. At the end of the day, oh, isn't that no. what you want out of your commissioner? Right? I mean, like, well, yeah. and Aaron, you've done a great job kind of just voicing how, like, he's he's hip, man. He's, like, what is needed right now to talk to these television companies and, and, and let them know, hey, we see this in our potential. We see that. 
which which is which might be something outside of the box than a an old traditional. Well, would you rather have Would you rather have your mark, or would you rather have Klykov, who's just sitting on his hands and? Dude, I think I think your mark is big business, and right now college football and and college sports in general is one of the bigger businesses out there. So if, if your goal is to try and be the, if the goal is to try and be the third best conference in the country, you have to have a salesman. Goal no first, just, baby. Let's go. Well, I mean. One, one, one wrong at we a time. We know the ACC guy sucks. Yeah. That's and the Pac-12 the Pac guy is just kind of like, uh, well, you know, we're we're going to sell everything to, like, some competitor that operates from the moon. No, the Pac-12 guy is too busy pointing the finger at the Big 12 saying they did it. Yeah. As the Big 10 steals their properties. It's the Big 12's fault. Joke. Jackass. That's the mailbag. Okay. Get us out of here, Brent. Uh, well, hold on. <laughs> Aaron's been dying to move shit along all night. I know. That's I love. I love. Uh, so I put I put it out to Twitter. Nicknames for uh, for Mason Fletcher. Um, some good ones. Some not good ones. Uh, Mother Fletcher. <laughs> 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 that was a mother fletching bomb, boy. I, I like that a little bit. Yeah. Thor. Thor. Oh, not even close. He's like, uh, well, this, what's what's anti Thor? Fat on, Thor, is... but then he's the opposite of Fat Thor. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. This was this was why. Yeah, the hair. Yeah. I mean, if you put I, a bodysuit, I mean, he, like he could look buff like that. Maybe, maybe the, not the hammer dope. was his foot. <laughs> right. Said, yeah. Um. Let's see. We got um muff machine. Easy, easy, Kyle. Power rake. Power rake. Power rake. Yeah, because he's the rake. So is, well, so has he graduated from rake to blower? <laughs> <laughs> The Aussie Assassin. Um, Thunder the Aussie from Down blower. Under. How about that one? The Aussie Blower. Oh, I don't think you should <laughs> like that one either. The blow from blower. Down Under. Come on. Uh, Thunder from Down Under. Uh, or uh, Footy Fletch. Because uh, uh, Australian rules, rules football is called a footy. Crocodile Punty. Crocodile Punty. Hey, uh, Steven. Drop, Crikey. drop kick, drop kick. Jesus, going off of our punt, Jesus. <laughs> um, the punter from down under. We've lost twenty percent of the listeners in this segment. Yeah, they're all <laughs> checking out. Um, the all Australian, all American. Uh. <laughs> Jeff didn't have an individual name, <laughs> but he called him I and Jimmy Smith the Aussie Posse. When I said the first part. <laughs> the Aussie Posse, him and Jimmy. Yeah. Uh, I still think Punt Jesus. Like, we can't do yeah. Punt God anymore. That's out. Yes. I still think Punt Jesus. Hi, hi JQ. Hi, and uh Hi, Shaman. Shaman is usually uh, somewhere around here because he loves Ryan Royer as much as we do. I love Shaman. All right, you can go, Brent. All right. Well, thank you very much. Quick paper supply, timestamp, y'all. Uh, yeah, 
another great, fantastic PVP. Uh, big shout out, big thank you to Danco Transmission and Quick Paper Supply. Uh, big shout out as well to Coach Fickle on his uh, program securing historic 54. Build the fucking statue. Plenty more to come. Uh, but start melting the copper for my guys, my partners, my pals. Aaron Smith, Ryan Royer, Chad Brendel. I am Brent Young. Yet again, another fantastic BBP presented by BearcatJournal.com. See ya!